Hey folks, just a quick note from Josh here before we get started. Uh, during this recording, there was a really severe thunderstorm going on near me, and as a result, you're gonna hear some thunder in the background occasionally in my audio, so sorry about that, but just wanted to give you a heads up before we get in. The rest of the audio is fine. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Stupid Sequence. Thank you. The show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. Yes, it is. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your host, Scott. You're interrupting my opening here. Jeez. Yeah. Slow me down. I was trying to change things up, add commentary, make it feel less one-sided. How dare you? We are at episode 23 this week, and we'll start with a quick summary of what the show is. Goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show and each come prepared to a list of ten. Now, we're changing up the format a little bit this week. We had, we talked back and forth. We've been doing the whole thing where we start with the top fives and then we do the top tens and honorable mentions and stuff in a separate segment. But the reason we did that originally is because we were kind of planning this out to be a two-segment show. We've, we've more recently, I guess that, that's been like a whole lot of episodes yeah. now. We've been doing it as a three-segment show, so there's not really a Early reason to start on. with the top five. Yeah. So we're just going to start with the top ten and then go ten to one. And that also removes the need for us to like get the impartial third Have party third to tell party. us about duplicates. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, it just makes things easier for us. I, I agree. And I think any good show evolves in time based on how things are going, right? If we weren't... You're presuming our show is good. Uh, uh, you're right. I, I am, but as a an impartial third party <laughs> once told me, this show is amazing. I will I will say super duper as as a as a professional ranker, I would rank rank our podcast number one. I wouldn't actually, but hey. I was gonna say it's, I wouldn't <laughs> rank it one. It it makes my top five of podcasts I've listened to out of all five of the podcasts I've listened to. Have you listened to pod? Have Have you listened to any of our episodes? I mean, I do because I edit them, but shoot, have I? Uh... Yes, I have. But it was because I was playing an episode for somebody. Oh, OK. But I didn't tell them it was me. I just said, oh, check out this show. These guys are talking about this thing. And I just started playing it. And then about 20 minutes in, there's like, wait, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, it is me. Scott is a pathological liar, which is why he ranks Surf Ninjas so highly that one time. Dang. That is a low blow. You know anyway, what? let's talk about let's talk about childhood ads. What, what we're talking about this week, which what is, are we talking uh, about? Top ten ads from our childhood. We are uh, Scott and I are right around the same age. Number one, the trailer age. for Surf Ninjas. Okay, wow. Um, we are uh, our cutoff here is anything two thousand eight or older, uh, because that's when we turned 18. Well, that's when I turned 18. I think you turned 18 a little bit before that, but close enough. Yeah, it was September of 07. I may go. have turned 18. January but of 90. Missed the 80s by just a handful, handful it's of okay. time there. It's okay. Uh, so You're about a week too late. Uh, included in this are ads of any sort, really. It could be a radio ad. It could be a TV ad. It could be like a, an ad campaign, some kind of like advertising event promotional event that kind of thing sure. uh it could be 
I guess it could be print ads. I don't have any print ads that I did, although now that I'm saying the words print ads out loud, I'm thinking of a dishonorable mention I could write down. I'm going to do that. Hmm. I, as a TV-watching child, heavily skewed towards TV-watching things on this list. But you'll yeah, see. that's fair. You'll see. That is fair. I also have some surprisingly old additions. Okay. That were still relevant. Long run. Yeah, I, I have one. Okay, uh, let me look. I have two ads that are from before I was born. Three ads, sort of. We'll say two and a half. Uh, and one of them is much older, but still relevant. I wonder if it's the same one. Why don't we get into it? We'll find out, maybe. There we go. I found the one that's going to be on my dishonorable mentions later. So Lovely. Include a picture in the show notes. Maybe not for this one. You can Google it yourself. Anyway, well, I guess uh, if we're just starting with our 10 to 1s here, then Scott, uh, start with your number 10. Okay, my number 10 is the oldest one on my list from August 1969. We have the Mr. Owl Tootsie Pop. Yep, that's a duplicate right there. Dang. That's my number seven. Wow. How many licks does it take? Mr. Owl. Let's find out. I learned some stuff. Two. A three. Three. I love this commercial. Yeah, it's good. I used to watch it all the time as a kid, just because it's like it always comes up and you always remembered it. And then I was like, oh, this owl has influenced me to want to speak in some kind of accent and pretend to imitate it. Came up a lot. If you've never seen this, this is the Tootsie Roll, how many looks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Roll pop ad? I'm not sure how you would not have seen it. This is aired from 1969 and is still airing today in modified form. Yep. I mean, the phrase was first introduced in the animated commercial. Uh, which debuted in August of 1969, like you said. In the original TV ad, uh, the boy, voiced by Buddy Foster, proposes the question to a cow, and then a fox, and then a turtle, and then How finally, many licks does it take owl. to get the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Roll pop? Yeah. You should ask the owl. Yeah, they'll the say, knows. you should ask somebody else. Yep. You should ask Mr. Fox. He knows more than me, and you should ask Mr. Turtle. He knows more than me. Then eventually, then the, Mr. Owl. the owl's like, hmm, yes, hmm. Let's find out. Yeah. And he's, he starts licking the orange Tootsie Pop. That feels like a bit of trivia right there. What flavor of Tootsie Pop did the owl start licking? Orange. And he, of course, after three licks, crunches into it. So, and at the end, of course, the boy says to himself, if there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. And that's it. I mean, that's... I think he says smart Alec. Pretty sure he says smart Alec. I'm pretty sure he says smart owl. Hmm. That's what my notes say here. Well, and I have check. it in quotes. I copy and pasted it. So hmm. have you ever personally attempted to do this? And of course, at the end, it's Herschel Bernardi asking how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. I, uh, I, I Googled if there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart Alec. And every single result is talking about this commercial. Hmm. Sounds like every single result got it wrong. Try Smart Owl and see if you get the same thing. It's a Smart Owl. I am getting more results 
The exactly. are this, but also fewer results. So the world may never know. Hmm. Have you ever tried to do this yourself? Just lick all the way to the center? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. Have I not tried to do crunch. it by like, not a single crunch? Right, right. Have I tried to do it by taking individual licks? No. Have I stuck the Tootsie Roll pop in my mouth and just sucked on it until there was Tootsie Roll center? That I have done. I have done the individual lick test. Wow, okay. What was the result? But I don't remember my results. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember that I did it and I said I'm going to focus on one side so that way I don't distribute licks around the center because it's not to expose the whole thing. It's just to get to the center. So I just licked sure. on one side continuously and counted and ultimately got there. It, it was well into the hundreds. I couldn't tell you the exact number, though. Mm-hmm. But it took quite a while. It wasn't as satisfying as I thought it would be. No, that's fair. I, uh, interestingly enough, uh, doing my research on this, I learned that, uh, that's kind of a little bit of a throwback to it for, our, uh, snack foods episode. Uh, the Tootsie Roll company not owned by a major, uh, like a major candy maker that's just Tootsie Roll Industries. They're still their own thing. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Tootsie Rolls, you know, invented for the wartime. Also of note, um, they, like I said before, this ad has been on the air since the late 60s, uh, and, but they have shortened it quite a bit over time. In the 80s, yeah. it got cut down into a 30... So the original is the 60-second commercial. The 80s, it got cut down to a 30-second ad. Uh, the version running nowadays is an even more condensed, like, 15-second version with, like, a, a some other narration stapled on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Probably um, unskippable on YouTube, jerks. Sure. The, the the one that I probably watched the most as a kid is the 30-second version that would have been airing in the 90s. Same, yeah. Yep, so, so when the, I watched... The extended the version that I'm referring to, yeah, I didn't realize there was an extended version. Yeah, I don't, I don't he, know that I had ever seen it. The cow, the fox. I definitely mm. have seen the turtle, right? And I've seen the owl. Sure. But, yeah, seeing it for Three. the... Possibly first time. I feel like that commercial, I don't know if that, that commercial is the origin of this, but I feel like that kind of stapled in what owls are supposed to sound like going <laughs> forward, you know? Hmm. I'm going to say... There's definitely other owls out there, other animated I, owls I was gonna say, that have a similar voice. Yeah, from Winnie the Pooh, I'm pretty sure Owl also has... Well, it's hard to... How far back does that go? When's the Winnie the Pooh? That might, that might actually be older. That's I, that's got to be older. Winnie the Pooh. Maybe it's just well, a known the thing Pooh that owls are old, are wise and British. Okay. Um, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh from film the seventies is from nineteen seventy seven. So that's two years before this. Maybe that has a direct impact on no, no, no. the Tootsie that, Roll commercial. Nineteen sixty nine. I, I was. 69, not 79. Tootsie Roll Pop is 69. Oh, 69. You're right. Okay. So, so it is yeah, after. So yeah, Tootsie Roll. Okay. So maybe they're, maybe they're, uh, perform- the performance of Owl in the Winnie- Disney Winnie the Pooh stuff is informed by this commercial. Perhaps. No, I doubt it. Who can say? We can say. We are definitive. The other thing I wanted to bring up here, in addition to the Tootsie Roll Pop, not just the advertisement, but the false impression that there was this free tootsie roll pop giveaway 
if you mm-hmm. opened up the wrapper and had a complete like Indian boy shooting his bow and arrow at a complete star, then yep. you got a free Tootsie Roll pop. Yep. Which was some completely fabricated. It. Yeah. Some stores some, did do it. Some stores did it, but it was 100% dependent on the operator of those stores. It was completely independent. There was no real ad campaign. It was just some thing that kids made up. And yet somehow people everywhere know about this. Isn't that weird? Like the internet didn't exist at that time. And yet everybody word of mouth, it spread and people knew, oh, if you Mm -hmm. get the full thing, you get a free thing. And I I did try to do that, right? I took it to... Yeah, I I heard about that as as a kid, even in the 90s, for sure. Sure. I took it to a convenience store and I I tried to turn it in and they're like, no, we don't do that here. I'm like, oh, okay, where do they do it? Apparently, if you if you mail it in, they they still give away consolation prizes. Yeah, that was the thing that I had always I heard as a kid was like, oh, you got to mail them in to the company. And I never obtained the knowledge on where you would mail them in. Uh, so I never tried it. The other thing I'm going to note here is the animation style in this commercial is strongly reminiscent of Charlie Brown. And sure. it's not exactly the same, but the facial well, expressions. It's like de- desaturated as exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just the way it's presented feels Charlie Brown, Schultz-esque. And so and the, I, the, kid, the kid might as well be saying good grief at the end, you know? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So I like it. I think it's, it's clever. It certainly stood the test of time, and I tried to imitate it a ton. So that's why I made it number 10 on my list. That's fair. Number seven on my list. In closing, I will say, uh, in the immortal words of uh, the group 69 Boys from 1994, just make the Tootsie Roll. What's your number 10? My number 10 is, uh, it was going to be a different thing, and then we had a conversation where I thought, hey, wait a minute. I have multiple ads from the same company. Are we going to enforce the one per franchise rule that we normally have as one for company? And Scott, you said, yes, we are going to enforce that. So I said, okay. And that eliminated uh, my number 10 from contention, which I will uh, refer to later. Um, And instead we have this one. Now I want to preface this by saying I tried to rank these based on my enjoyment of them at the time. Um, sure. Some of these I still really, really enjoy today. Some of them, maybe not as much. This one, maybe not as much still today. But at the time, I loved these ads as a kid. I'm talking about from the the ads, uh, TV, and I believe radio also ads from 1997 to 2000, the Taco Bell Chihuahua ads. It is not on my list, but it okay. was a very close honorable mention for sure. me. Sure. So this would have this probably would have been number eleven, and then uh, and and. But I do know some details about this. Sure. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So uh, if you're not familiar, uh, you you've definitely heard the phrase Yokiero Taco Bell. Uh, these ads starred uh, Gidget the Chihuahua, a boy, uh, a, you know, the real life dog's name was Gidget, which is a fun. That's a fun Chihuahua name. Uh, and the character in the commercials was voiced by actor Carlos Al- Alazraki, which I'm probably mispronouncing, but I'm trying my best. Yeah, probably. Uh, so the initial series of ads featured a male-coded chihuahua seemingly seeing a female-coded chihuahua off in the distance, then running and climbing to running or climbing to where she is, then moving straight past her to a person eating Taco Bell, telling them "Yo quiero Taco Bell," which means "I want some Taco Bell." Uh, in Spanish. Int- yes. Interestingly. Um, 
the actual chihuahua that is supposed to be the boy chihuahua in these ads is a female. That's a female dog in real life, which I thought was kind of funny. These were very, very popular when they first came out and led to a ton of other ads with the character, including maybe most notably a tie-in with the 1998 Godzilla movie. They did multiple ads Mm. tied into that. Uh, I really liked them as a kid, although since I was uh, seven years old when they first came out, uh, I was unaware that uh, some of the later ads drew criticism for being culturally insensitive and playing to Latino stereotypes. Uh, Sure. Especially some other ones where... uh, the or Gidget the Chihuahua is being depicted as like a bandito or as like Che Guevara and stuff like that. So they maybe made some Not questionable great. choices along the way. Um, also, the uh, advertisements were proven to be completely ineffective because it turns out finding food that a dog likes is not really a great perhaps. way to say, my food's amazing. Look, even this dog will eat it. Wow. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I guess, and, uh, again, worth noting here, We I don't know how much we said this at the top, but uh, we're ranking these based on entertainment value. We're not race- basing sure. them, ranking them based on, like, oh, this ad campaign was very effective and brought in the Super company this amount effective. of dollars. We're not here to talk about that. That's boring. We might mention if it was successful or not, but um, these ads, ultimately, memorable, but not successful. Sure. According to some some accounts for people uh, that were involved in the situation, uh, the the kind of complaints about cultural insensitivity of these ads ultimately led to them being canceled in 2000. Sure. I think because uh, I watched a few of these in preparation for this episode because it was a consideration for me and it, it was close. It almost made my mm-hmm. top 10. But mm-hmm. one of the commercials advertised that it had two crunchy tacos for 99 cents. I was like, what? Yeah, I, saw, I saw one that was a Mexican pizza for 99 cents. I also realized now that's, that when you and I were real talking. good. When you and I were talking about this initially, I was like, I'm going to, and it was this specific ad that made me think this was, I'm going to incorporate like the dollar values that they're advertising and stuff for in the ads. And then I totally didn't do that at all for any of my other ones. So I, I did it for forgot. one or two things. You'll, you'll I completely see. It's, forgot. it's fine. We'll figure it out. I think most of these don't actually have, I know one in particular does have the, um, the dollar value on them, but I think most of them. So don't. a single crunchy taco these days is at least a dollar 29. I want to say yeah. maybe even a little bit more. Fun, so fun fact, I ate taco bell today and a soft shell taco is a dollar 39 at the taco bell near me i would assume the crunchy taco is priced it's the same same. yeah so dollar 39 times two right we're at 278 versus Mm -hmm. 99 cents that is pretty significant difference in about what 26 years time somewhere about 25 give or take sure inflation we all love it yeah yeah, that's that's all I had about uh, Yokiero Taco Bell, though. Not bad, not bad. An, an ad that I think about weekly, let's say. It comes up fairly often, right? It's I don't know why, but I do. I also find myself thinking about it just from time to time. And you mentioned the Godzilla ones, and I didn't even think about those. But I love the Godzilla movie from the nineties. The one uh, with no one, Matthew no one else, Broderick. No one else does. No, the Tim it, Burton one. It's no amazing. one likes that movie. I've never At watched all. it, but fantastic. Uh, why wildly hated movie. <laughs> or widely hated movie, I would say. Well, I love all big monster like Godzilla movies pretty much. Even the really gimmicky ones and anyway, about, we're getting you, off topic. How do, you, how do you feel about Gamera? I need to know. Gamora? No, no, no. Gamera. G A M E R A. He's the turtle. Oh, Gamera. Yes. yes. 
No, oh, sorry. I was thinking King Ghidorah. Um, that's a di- yeah, that's a different thing. Sorry. No, Gamera. Oh, Gamera is awesome. Spinning Turtle. Yeah. Amazing Whirlwind Attack. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you, awesome. should, you should go watch the Gamera episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 because they covered five or six uh, Gamera movies. In that. Do they hate and, uh, it? They're pretty good. Those movies are bad, oh. Scott. I, I oh, yeah. They, it to you. Those movies are I, very bad. So in preparation. Did you know f- that Gamera is a friend to all children? Anyway, so in preparation for our fight scene episode, I watched a number of Godzilla fight scenes, okay, and sure. that included the Godzilla versus Gamera. the old Japanese ones. Yeah, and it was like Godzilla and Gamera and Mothra and King Ghidorah, and I was like, sure. these are way worse than I remember. <laughs> it's so yeah, bad. Your, your imagination's maybe better as a child. Sure. Yeah, I I'll still hold a fond place in my heart for them but i don't think i'm ever going to go back and watch them or even encourage my children to watch them so at this point it's maybe moot better yeah. better off just left in that space perhaps well anyway beastly monsters aside yeah Ka- kaiju aside uh what's your number nine number nine from 1999 to 2005 featuring orlando jones which i loved him in the movie evolution by the way Make seven up yours. Uh, I really okay. like this commercial. <laughs> I don't even drink seven up. Like I did at the time, right? Cause I don't know if you know this. Seven up was meant to be kind of like a spiritual successor to Crystal Pepsi. Mm, no one liked Crystal Pepsi. Well, that's why it was a spiritual successor. And of course it's a direct competitor to Sprite, which right. super hey, fizzy, what? a lot Sprite better. Sprite also sucks. Seven up sucks. Sprite also sucks. Bad. Lemon lime sodas generally pretty bad. Okay, well, all that being said, this commercial in particular, it features Orlando Jones, right? He says, I'm the guy who makes seven up, and I also wrote the advertising. And he just he comes out with this shirt and it just says, Make seven up, and then on the back or sorry, it says make seven, and on the back it says up yours. There you go. And then of course, he's walking around talking to people. Hey, make seven up yours or like make seven up yours. And like, of course, inflecting it in a way that he's just saying up yours to a bunch of people. Sure. And of course, getting a lot of angry responses. And another guy, a, a, a classic, a classic uh, uh, phrasing gimmick in advertising and titling things reminiscent of uh, more later years. You had like the Ratchet and Clank games that are all innuendos like Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're saying very clever arse, yep right yeah and yeah the grand tradition of that in media well that being said you know he's got people angry at him in the commercial hey same to you and he's like see that's already catching on people want me seven up mine and like i don't know it's just it was dumb but it also was clever enough that it stuck with me and i i would tell people that because i thought it was funny right you think you're being mm-hmm. clever as a kid sure. and yeah. You see this and you're like, ha ha, make seven up yours. Anyway, the advertisement actually became so popular that uh, shirts similar to the ones that he was wearing became available for sale through many like gag gift catalogs or like record and CD stores or media play entertainment type stores, FYE, things mm-hmm. like that. So it's uh, not a super effective commercial to my knowledge. And I think ultimately it was just meant to be a little bit ridiculous. It played very well with the youth audience 
of course, because of the immaturity factor. And uh, as a result, I think it's uh, pretty memorable for me. And I thought it was pretty funny at the time. So that's why I put it as my number nine. I don't have a lot more to say about it, though. That's fair. Yeah, some of, some of my notes and some of mine pretty short. Like my next one. What do you got for nine? Number nine is from 1993, uh, the Campbell's Soup Snowman ad. Uh, a, a Which one is that? Popular ad. So uh, the ad plays familiar. out like this. It's a TV commercial. Uh, it's snowy outside. There's a snowman. He's cold. Uh, he's shivering because it's so cold out. He comes inside and sits down in front of a hot bowl of Campbell's chicken noodle soup. In the process of consuming the soup, he melts into a human child. Uh, it's supposed to be heartwarming, but commercial. I think it's really creepy. <laughs> but I like that about it. Uh, there's a there's a decent amount of uh, ads on my list that uh, I just like because they're really weird. And this is one of those. I don't have anything else to say about this. I just like how weird and creepy this ad is. Like, oh, it's a snow. Oh no, his stick arms have become flesh. And there's this kid now with snow stuck in his hair and everything. He has been transmuted into flesh. I do remember this commercial, and yeah, there's really not much to say about it. Yep, except nine. Except to say, I like Campbell's chicken noodle. It's pretty it's tasty. Pretty good. Yeah, kids love it. It's no Campbell's tomato soup. No, that's that's a classic. It's also no cream of mushroom, which is a kind of kind of a staple in Midwest cooking. It seems like I'm just gonna let you know, mushrooms are gross. And I'm gonna let you know that you're wrong. And to tell you what else, mushrooms also creepy. Conceptually, fungus is weird. It is. But we, but we don't need to delicious. get into that. Good protein. Plant-based protein, right? Anyway, What's your number nine? we're getting off that. My number sure. nine was make I, seven up say, yours. Right, Why don't we go to number eight? I, I was quick side note here. I think that may be the single shortest segment we've ever had on, on the podcast. True, but we're also talking about our top ten now, so I don't think there's as sure. much to say or... That's fair as interesting to note so number eight on my list is from march 23rd 2008 when it first aired the five dollar foot long okay five five dollar five dollar foot long certainly memorable catching on yeah on my honorable mentions list for sure so these ran uh, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they're still running, I think. So a couple well, they, things I want to know. It's not $5 anymore. No, that's what I was going to say, though. It's, it's come back. It went away, right? Because mm-hmm. it stopped being $5. And then it came back because they did make it $5 again, but they limited which subs would sure. be Probably $5. Probably not a meatball sub for, ten, for $5 anymore. Uh, so, yeah, most of the subs, and this is one of the points of comparison, right? All at the, back then, it was like all the footlongs were $5. I think there were a couple of premium ones that maybe weren't, but it were far more that were than ones that weren't. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to this. Uh, most of them now are between 6 and $10, except for like the steak and bacon and guac, which is like 12 in some places. It's quite expensive, and it's getting to the point where... I'm not paying that much money for a Subway quality sub. I didn't go to mm-hmm. Subway because it was the best tasting or, you know, the the best quality of meats. You went there because you got a lot of food for five bucks. I mean, a footlong sub, which, you know, another point on here, wasn't actually a footlong necessarily. It was a by weight relative measurement or a trademark name for the sub, 
not to imply that it was 12 inches. So there was a lawsuit. Sure. So that lawsuit in 2015, it caught on, but I, I'm pretty sure they said, you know, y- you can sue, but it doesn't really matter. Pretty sure after that lawsuit was settled, that's when they brought the $5 foot long back briefly. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but again, not all the subs. And now there's occasional deals where you can get like a second sub for $5 or some coupons where you can get closer to $5. But yeah, no, there's a lot of quality concerns when it comes to this food. I mean, even more recently with that tuna lawsuit, but the point still stands. We're talking about the advertising here, right? Mm -hmm. The $5 foot long, very, very catchy and super effective for me personally, because I did go there a lot because it was $5. But I don't remember the last time I had Subway. Yeah, I'm not a Subway guy. They also took away several of the subs that I really liked. There was a temporary one that was a taco enchilada one with, like, Fritos on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever had that. It was incredible. I have not. It was like a shredded chicken with some kind of sauce, and then they sprinkled Fritos on it. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Or they used to have a breaded chicken cutlet. That's gone. That's been gone for years. But I, I used to make an ad hoc chicken parmesan using some of the marinara sauce from the meatballs with the breaded chicken. That was my favorite sub. And then they made it impossible. So interestingly, Sad. Sad one, one aspect of this that I, I think is interesting, uh, the $5 foot long comes out around it's 2007 based on what i'm looking at here because i was curious about this while you're talking so i googled it um 2007 is when uh one jared fogel's legal trouble started happening Ooh yeah and 2008 is when this ad happens so they needed a big pivot and they got a successful one i would say so because now when i think of subway i don't think of jared yeah like they have they have fully scrubbed the subway jared identity from from their uh from their image at this point i think uh and and i think the five dollar foot long is probably the biggest step along the way there pretty catchy unfortunate that they had to do uh, that but it worked yeah for a long time it worked on me personally more recently not so much if i'm spending twelve dollars on a sub i'm gonna go and get a real sub that's fair from maybe even a deli i feel like it'd be cheaper but anyway, what do you got for number eight? My number eight is uh, a physical ad campaign. And not a TV ad, not a radio ad. Maybe there were those associated with this, but I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 1998. There was a, a new movie coming out called Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Huh? And the, uh, there was a campaign for several companies owned by Yum Foods Corporation uh, that uh, was promotional for this movie. Are you familiar with Pogs? Yes. So they did a promotion similar to a McDonald's Monopoly type thing uh, that spanned KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Buying specific food items would get you a collectible Pog. And if you've got specific combinations of the pogs with the different star wars uh the phantom menace characters on them uh you would win various prizes 
Huh. I was eight years old at the time. This was the most fascinating type of ad campaign that could possibly exist for me. Cool collectible <laughs> things that had Star Wars characters on them that I only vaguely understood but knew were cool. Sign me up. Uh, special mention also. I don't really, you know, again, I don't really have a lot to say about this. I was way into uh, trying to collect these uh, as a kid. Uh, but you never really want anything, you know, because those are the ones that actually win anything are so rare. But uh, right. I, I have vivid memories of collecting these. Uh, the, the other special mention I wanted to make, though, is uh, those collectible Pepsi cans that they had around episode one. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. Yoda, Yoda and stuff on them and Anakin. It reminds me of something else that I didn't consider. But Obi-Wan yeah, but... Kenobi. Maybe you've heard of him. But yeah, that's I, I, lo- I loved this stuff as a kid. But the prop here's part of the problem, though. My family ate a Taco Bell, certainly. My family ate a Pizza Hut, certainly. We did not ever go to KFC, so I never got any of the KFC ones. It's tragic. I'm sorry your childhood was a letdown as a result of this. The, the other part of it is that KFC does suck, so it's not, it's not very good. I feel like that's, that's not a popular opinion. I feel like that is fairly like, unpopular. Like there's, even within the world of fast food fried chicken, like KFC sucks compared to basically anything else you could choose. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd rather go to the grocery store and get deli chicken. Sure, absolutely. It's probably priced similarly. Cheaper, actually. KFC yeah. has skyrocketed so from what I, I've I seen. Haven't, I haven't eaten at a KFC in 10 years, probably. The exception, and the one thing that I actually think is very good at KFC, is the mashed potato bowl that has the chicken, like the popcorn chicken and the corn and the cheese in it. We, oh, you, those are those things that are like 2,000 calories? Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> My point being, we, as a family, really enjoy that but instead of going to KFC to get it, we'll just recreate it at home, kind of That's doing fair. our own thing, make our own mash, gravy, etc. And it's much that better, much, much better. So, yeah, I, I was not, I don't know that I was aware of these pogs, specifically these ones. I had pogs. I played with pogs, most of which I got from a garage sale. But th- this I don't remember. I wonder whatever happened to my pogs. I also learned during researching this, completely unrelated to the ad campaign, but apparently they think Pogs originated in Hawaii. I had no idea. Yeah. Me neither. Hmm. What's your number seven? Number seven. One that I thought of almost immediately when we were discussing this topic. That is the Eat Quizno subs, because they are good, from 2004. Alert. you have another duplicate here. This is another duplicate. This is my number four. Ah, uh, it's such a weird little thing. All right, I so love the. I okay. Yeah, let me let we'll me get, get into, into it, it here. Right, we we'll got the a small furry creature wearing a bowler hat. The sponge levitates. monkeys. Hold on, I'm getting there. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it's not a sponge monkey. It's a spong monkey. Yeah, I think it's pronounced sponge monkey. All right, whatever. They levitate as they sing an ode to Quiznos subs. And nearby, another flying creature wears an 18th century seafaring hat and strums on an acoustic guitar. I'm absolutely going to drop some are, of the audio in here. We love the subs. We love the subs! Because they are good. The Quizno subs. Because they are good to us. They are tasty. They are crunchy. They are warm because they toast them. They got a pepper bar. Uh, it's so dumb. They, they look Very like deformed bizarre. rats. 
almost but, like roadkill. Yeah, but they are sponge monkeys, bong monk, whatever they are. Some kind mm-hmm. of weird creature. I don't know what it yeah. means, but they're abnormal. They're they're kind of freaky. It was a very short-lived ad campaign, but the yes. whole point and the commentary from the Quiznos owners was that they were competing in such a difficult market with such little dollar value in their advertising and overall production that they needed to be that weird kind of obscure thing that people just talked about at the water cooler to create or generate that groundswell. And it worked. It was kind of genius advertising. I have have a little bit of history here, actually. Ooh, give me some of that history because the chicken carbonara sub was one of my favorites and it was fantastic. And I'm sad to report there's like no Quiznos near me anymore. This uh, I googled this. There are three in in uh, in Detroit at least. Uh, I th- I thought Quiznos was gone. I thought they were were all the way dead because I haven't seen one in a very very long time. I'm gonna but, have to uh, look at where those are. I wonder if one of them's near my old job because I thought that one closed. Anyway, what's your history? So uh, the marketing director of Quiznos found a viral video of these weird Photoshop creatures playing guitar and singing. We love the moon. This is pre-YouTube, right? This is 2004. So he decides to contact the creators, made a deal with them to use them as a message. So Quiznos didn't create this. They licensed these characters. Amazing. Um, and used them as a mascot for a series of commercials. I believe there are uh, four commercials ever made. The one that I remember most vividly is they had an ad campaign uh, where you could bring in a coupon for literally anything and they would honor the coupon and give you a specific amount of dollars off a sub that you brought in. And, you know, the, the, the sponge monkeys are saying any coupon works, you know, it's, Oh yeah. Uh, that's the, that's the one that sticks in my brain. Um, but the, the thing here specifically is everyone hated these ads like they were extremely negatively received but i was 14 years old and this was exactly the kind of weird goofball humor that i was starting to like around that age so this was a big hit with my family at least and we sang it at each other all the time uh in my childhood so uh very very memorable to me enough to drive this up to uh number four on my list easily i think the weirdest ad on my list because boy these are just bizarre super weird yep and amongst our friend group it was also uh, a pretty big hit and we did sing it at each other in a similar fashion and i'm I'm learning there's actually a quiz nose not that far from my house it's in a direction that i don't generally go but it says it's only 15 minutes hopefully they're still good for I, you, I I also not really a sub guy. I don't even so know I what they have. I I mean yeah, maybe they have the same stuff. I'm gonna take maybe. a look. Maybe I'll make a visit. The, the other thing I was gonna mention about like this original viral video is it's the same song just with different lyrics. They didn't even bother to make a new song. They just changed the lyrics to instead of "We Love the Moon," it's "We Love the Subs." Apparently, oh that that's amazing. By the way, apparently they have a kimchi Philly sub. Strange. I'm looking at the uh, options, and the one that I love, the chicken carbonara, does in fact still exist. And so I, I may visit it again and just see if it lives up to the hype. There you go. But the commercials, I mean, fantastic commercials. I still think They're... about them occasionally and sing this song. They, the, the, the stuff that I read around researching this is that uh, 
these ads were considered a massive failure and really, if anything, repelled people away from Quiznos rather than got them to want to eat there. Which is unfortunate. Too bad. Probably the least successful ads on my list as well. So, hey, number seven on your list was the how many licks. What do you got for six? Uh, my number six is uh, another TV ad. This is uh, a Sears ad from 1993. Uh, so it's a husband and wife in their house. It's unbearably hot out. Uh, the wife says, I can't live another day without air conditioning. And the husband says, well, they say tomorrow's going to be hotter like yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday you said you'd call Sears. Well, I'll call today. You'll call now. And he goes, I'll, I'll call I'll now. Call really now. smart. Yeah, really I know exactly like, the commercial you're talking uh, about. And then it's a narrator talking for another 30 seconds about here's the different air conditioners you can buy at Sears and it's it's good. Uh, but but it's really that uh, that smarmy interaction of you'll call now. I'll call now. <laughs> that is so particularly memorable. Uh, this this was like close to like a viral video as you could get in the 90s, like pre videos being distributed on the Internet, like apparently like radio stations were playing the ad just because they thought it was funny and everything and they're right it's a funny ad uh i enjoy it it's just a goofy interaction that's amusing but yeah that's all i got sorry i'm i'm just watching the sears installed air conditioning yeah i i vividly remember this commercial and i remember at the time we didn't have air conditioning so i was Mm -hmm. like hey mom can, can we call Sears? She's like, no, we're not. That's the thing. That's why you gotta say you gotta say you'll call now. Yeah. You're right. Maybe I should have tried that approach. I'm sure my mom <laughs> would not have been upset with me talking to right. her in that manner. Right. It would have been. It would have been good for everyone. Yeah. We w- we definitely would have had AC had I done that. Of course. It's a it's a it's a foolproof play. But yeah, that's uh that's my number six. The you'll call now air conditioner ad from Sears. Uh, so what's your number six? Number six for me, this is one that's also quite old. It is the best part of waking up. It's Folgers in your cup. Sure. So the Folgers jingle, right? It was actually Mm -hmm. created in the early 1960s by an advertising agency, Young and Rubicum, and it has been used in Folgers commercials ever since. Now, the, the jingle is based on the melody of the traditional folk song, I've Been Working on the Railroad. I don't know if you knew that. Kind of. Really? Yeah. Weird. That's what it was based on. I'm they trying cha- to like play they it changed in my it. head, and they it doesn't really line up. They changed it. No, it's because they changed it. Uh, the 1984 commercial the, was the actual first TV commercial, and that one they modified the song. Same lyrics, modified okay. the song and the jingle. Okay. So, uh, pretty interesting there. Uh, and, uh, at, notably as a kid, obviously I, hearing this, I didn't drink coffee at all, but I knew we bought coffee because my parents mm-hmm. drank it, but I don't think they drank Folgers. I'm pretty sure they drank the Maxwell house, the blue can. I remember that, but nope, no Folgers. So not effective in my household, at least. The uh, the all this does is makes me think of the uh, the old SNL Chris Farley sketch where it's the hidden camera commercial where they've given him the fake coffee and they're like, oh, you're on hidden camera. This like you, you thought this was 
real coffee, but instead it was the instant coffee. And then he freaks out and goes on a rampage and starts throwing <laughs> plates and stuff and screaming at people. It's very funny. It is, probably my favorite. One. Probably my favorite SNL video ever. You should go watch it. Oh man, it's not better than Jeopardy, but we're gonna we're gonna ignore that comment for a few minutes. Yeah. So uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention about this because there's really not a lot to say about this jingle. It's just an earworm to me. It's enough that if any portion of this phrase gets mentioned, I instantly think of this and probably say it out loud. And so it's, you know, that's the best part. I'm like, what, of waking up? It's Folgers in your cup? Yeah. What time are you waking up with Folgers in your cup? It just kind of comes out every once in a while. Certain word association that's stuck in your brain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... A couple of things I wanted to note here. The cost of coffee in 1984, just like one cup of coffee, relatively speaking, was about $1.18 on average. And mm. now in 2023, it's about $2.83. So while it has gone up, it has not gone up to the extent that tacos have. And so coffee has aged better than tacos, at least at go. Taco Bell. Uh, also, in 2021, the Folgers jingle went up for sale. I don't know if you knew that. So the rights to the jingle and all future money made from the use of this jingle forever, it was sold. And the winner, a man named Josh C, doesn't have his last name, just says C, paid $90,500 and won this auction, gets a lifetime... That was not me. Yeah, right. Gets lifetime royalties anytime the jingle is used in an advertisement on TV, radio, the internet, or anywhere else. Wow. Yeah. And to give you a relative idea, I think in 2020 and 2021, it was around ten dollars or $12,000 that they made from it. And there's no discontinuation of use up to this point and for the foreseeable future. So this guy will make his money back almost certainly. And then some. Well, uh, you've well, you alone have sung it a few times, so I think you owe this guy like a dollar fifty already. Yeah, but you own the rights to the show, so you owe him for my usage of the song. I All right, so then that. we have a couple other quick works. notes here. It was written by singer Leslie Pearl, and the composition, also known as "Real Snowy Morning," which I didn't know, has been adapted in the styles of nearly every music genre imaginable, including country, gospel, jazz, R and B, folk. Celtic and more. And during the height of the coronavirus pandemic, Folgers adapted the songs for a series of commercials which were skewing working from home life. I didn't know about those either. I didn't see any of those commercials. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, pretty interesting. Folgers, you know, it's probably the best part if of waking up. Even I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I don't buy it. But I do know that coffee in the morning, especially freshly brewed, smells amazing. Mm, No, thank you. Hey, we're about halfway through. Why don't we take a quick break? Yeah, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and do our five through one. And then uh, and then the final segment will be us uh, going over honorable mentions and arguing about which things belong in the official top 10. So stick around, folks. Hello there. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. 
If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach out to us on Twitter, which, to my knowledge, nobody has done so. Not on Twitter, at least. Or you can email us at stupidsequence at gmail.com, in which case I'd like to note we did have one person send us an email this week. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. That was very nice. That was nice of you. Thanks for reaching out. Good ideas in there. Very kind words and a few show ideas. And at least one of them was an idea that I had proposed in the past. And who knows? We probably will use some of those ideas. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. That was very nice. We're talking to you right now, Chris. That's right. Yes, Chris. Chris, friend of Josh. Good luck with your raid. Yes. I know, Chris. Raid hard. They're raiding tonight, actually. Oh. Well, in particular, tonight, good luck. But we should continue. We should. What do you got for number five? Number five. You know what? Yeah. Since we already have my number four, you go first, number five. Okay. Do it. I command you. In 2008, I believe 2008. I've been there. This is to the best of my knowledge, because it was very difficult to find the specific knowledge of this uh, particular commercial. Okay. There was an operatic-themed commercial for J.G. Wentworth, 877 Cash Now. And it depicts what seems like a stage opera, Viking style, and they're singing about money that's tied up in some way and they need to get it available immediately. 877-CASH-NOW! How many times has this been stuck in your head? I don't know what this is. Call J.G. Wentworth! 877-CASH-NOW! Yeah, I I don't know what this is. I have a structured settlement, and I need cash now! You really don't know what this is? No, no idea. Oh my god, you need to go look it up right now then, because... Alright. This has been stuck in my head for, well, probably 15 years at this point. All right. J.G. Wentworth Opera. It's kind of become a cult classic, but at the same token, there are people who just absolutely hate this commercial. It, it sucks for those people. Is that the old one? The 2008 one? Because they, uh. they brought it back, and that was one of the things I was going to put on here. In this the last was couple of years, fifteen years ago. Okay, yeah. So in the last couple of years, they had a redux of this, recast it, same commercial. I'm pretty sure it's the exact same audio. It's just new people and slightly different scenery, but it's basically the same thing. But the they're calling it a, a Wagnerian opera. All right. It won two international summit awards for best humor and best TV. Pretty cool. Pretty interesting. We might hear more about those awards later on on my list. Ooh. So, one of the things I want to point out here, kind of both sides of the coin, just because I feel like it needs to be said, if you don't need to borrow money from a place like this, I don't recommend it. Just from a purely financial perspective. However, in terms of whether the company is trustworthy, And I need to be very clear here, they are not paying us to say this. (laughs) (laughs) But they are a legitimate business. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Sponsor us, J.G. Wentworth. 
and the doors have been open since 1991, and they've they've worked with a number of people. I, make decisions for yourself, but in my opinion, financially speaking, not the best thing in the world to do. The views of Scott do not reflect the views of this podcast. <laughs> but I can do ad reads. It is very very catchy. Call JG Wentworth eight seven seven cash now. I'm not going to. Eight seven seven cash now. I have a structured settlement, and I need cash now. I've heard that somewhere. So catchy. There are people who absolutely hate this. I mentioned that, but I mean, like, v- visceral hate towards. Yeah, this. I, 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 having watched this for the first time now, I definitely do not hate it like that. But I also, I came away feeling pretty ambivalent. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing a weird thing. Yeah, 2008. I mean, yeah. You didn't hear it a ton of times, right, in 2008. If you had, maybe you'd feel differently. You're hearing it now, 15 years later. It means nothing. Yeah, I I, I will say, I feel like this is uh, fine. I appreciate it's going for kind of a weird thing. It is. It's also fairly clever. I like the operatic kind of theme to it. It's catchy. It's kind of interesting. And I'd say from personal perspective it's not very effective but (laughs) if i ever needed to borrow money because i had a structured settlement but i needed cash like right now i'd probably consider calling them i'd probably do it for at least research right i wouldn't be doing my due diligence if i didn't at least give them a shot the opera man told you to call you must call i mean if i now if i had an annuity you'll call now i'll call now Exactly. You get it. But what's your number five? My number five is similar to another one on my list. This ran from another physical promotion, ran from 1987 through 2015 in the United States. I think different times elsewhere. Uh, This is, of course, the McDonald's Monopoly uh, promotional campaign. Uh, McDonald's Monopoly. No, I'm not familiar. Of course I'm familiar with it. Everybody knows a McDonald's Monopoly. Yep. Uh, I love McDonald's Monopoly for most of my life. Easily the most memorable non-commercial ad campaign that I can remember. Yearly event. I love trying to collect all the pieces as a kid. You know, especially before I understood the whole concept of every category having the specific winner piece. That's really rare. But, you know, as a kid, it'd be like, oh, I got... I just need one more. If I find Boardwalk, that's a million dollars. That's crazy. Any any one of these could be the thing. Mom and Dad, we should go to McDonald's because I could win a million dollars. And of course, you're never going to win. But I uh, I love that stuff as a kid. And then, you know, as later on, they start doing like, oh, you can instant win food on a bunch of these and stuff like that. So that this is more what I was concerned about was the instant win food. So. So for me, looking at all the items on my list and everything, like this is easily the most effective ad campaign on me because it 100% got me to go to McDonald's more than I would otherwise. Sure. So I I participated in this probably every year from childhood all the way up to when it ended in uh, the last year they did. It was 2015. I, I, I did this stuff every year. So I have a particular story about this that is relevant to us. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I know for a fact that the town that we grew up in, which had a McDonald's, right? Uh, Fairly small town. It was Mm -hmm. selected as a winner town for one of these big prizes. Oh, I think I remember you telling me about this. And 
the McDonald's corporate people drove to our McDonald's, these two people carrying what I'm going to call the golden cup that had a winner on it, placed it into random circulation, right? And then Mm -hmm. waited for the winner to realize it. And as soon as it was handed out, they notified the winner. So it was, it was a big deal. As soon as that happened, everybody that works there is like calling all their friends and family, like, come here, get food, get in line. Like you need to start ordering as many drinks as possible and Mm -hmm. try to get, try to make it seem legit. Like you're not just buying a hundred drinks and yeah, somebody from our hometown won one of the major prizes and it was like a $25,000 prize or something. And I just remember thinking, what are the odds? What are the odds that our town gets chosen? And then what are the odds that somebody or that you are the one that actually gets it sure. from our town? I mean, it's sure. astronomical. There, there weren't that many of these prizes. I mean, well, the Boardwalk there's... Million was like one. And from what I understand, it, most of those were never claimed or there's speculation that maybe they never even existed. Well, there's the there was the whole fraud thing that happened in, uh, in I want to say like late '90s, early 2000s, with uh, the scam. People within the company were like lifting the pieces, the oh yeah, pieces and everything. I, I want to say there's a, like a documentary movie about it um, that came well, out. I don't I know what that was that. called. I did not fact check. I'm scrolling down here. Uh, there's oh they planned a movie. Ben Affleck was attached as director. Has not been made. But 2020, there was an HBO documentary series called McMillions covering the fraud case. Hmm. Well, congratulations to our hometown, whoever actually won this prize. I hope it was a difference maker. Not involved in the fraud, notably. Yeah. Well, we we grew up in a very... Well, we didn't grow up. Let me just say, we came from a very small town. We went to high school in a very small town. I mean, we're talking... I, I moved there later, later in life, but yeah, very, very small town. In the broader township, there were less than 5,000 people, for sure. I want right, to say right. somewhere in the two to 3,000, probably more likely, like 1,600 in the proper town. Very small graduating class. Uh, of note here, I'm going to mention um, that I've just found this while I was checking on the movie thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the guy who the guy the, did the scan did the the fraud on this pled guilty, and then his court case didn't get much coverage in the news because it started uh, September 10th, 2001. Holy crap! Yep. Uh, fun fact: not the last time we're gonna hear about 9/11 on my list. That's that's not a fun fact. Uh, but anyway, yeah, number five, McDonald's Monopoly. Uh, I loved, I loved this. It's a shame they don't do it anymore because it would probably still get me to go to McDonald's. But yeah, what's, uh, what's your number four? Number, number four on my list. This is one that I thought of almost immediately when I thought of this because for some reason, the, the beautiful song in this Mm. ad and it is always stuck with me, but it is for a toy that I never personally owned. Okay. And it is the Milton Bradley's Crossfire. Crossfire! You get caught up in the crossfire! Oh! Crossfire! Yeah! You get caught up in the crossfire! I remember this from being a kid. I 
I did this. I did not uncover this going through my list, but I do remember this. I don't know that I would have picked it for my top ten, but I remember it. Milton Bradley made this game in 1971, but the the commercial became popular in the 1990s. So in the early 1990s, American commercial campaign for this product may arguably it may be arguably yeah, may be arguably its better known aspect portraying the game featured in a supposed near post-apocalyptic future i don't think yeah. you remember and the mm-hmm. game is used as like a battle between two young men and this called like the ultimate challenge and the hero in the exchange was portrayed by a young tim maynard a shakespearean actor who transitioned into daytime soap opera acting interesting i didn't realize that at the time yeah, obviously that is so the commercial features hoverboards and and bad cgi flames and an unnecessary lightning storm but also a walking baseline. And so the, yeah, this, this game, every time I saw this commercial, I'm like, I need this game. I want it so badly. And then I went to a friend's house who actually had the game and I played it. I'm like, well, that was kind of boring, actually. It's, it's kind of dumb. It doesn't work in the same way that they portray it in the show, of course, because the commercial's meant to make it look epic and amazing and like all of these wonderful features that work perfectly in, in the ad. But as soon as you play the game, you're like, oh, well, that was that was fine, I guess. But it gets it gets old real quick. Yeah, I don't think I ever played it. For those who don't know, the object of the game is to score goals by pushing one of the two pucks into the opposing player's goal. And this task is accomplished by shooting small metal ball bearings at the pucks using the attached guns. And the earliest version of the game featured kind of a flat board, but the 90s one that I'm familiar with, it was like more of a dome shape. So this caused the ball bearings to roll into the player's bins more easily, but it can also cause the pucks to indefinitely rest at the edges of the board, and as a result, it didn't work as well. So in the 2010s, they re-released it, and they changed it to being sloped with a shallow grade, which prevented the pucks from sliding on their own as much and making it easier for them to get away from the borders. So the two pucks were made of plastic. The rest on a, that were kind of rested on like a central metal bearing, metal ball bearing is a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. And then the bearing can spin and roll within the plastic mold, which it gave it better movement and responsiveness to the hits. And it, you know, it spun around of course. So one of the pucks is shaped like a triangle. The other is like more of a star, but the object was, you know, to get either of the pieces into your opponent's goal. And the first to three goals wins. I'm pretty sure I played one total complete game of this okay. in my entire life. But the song has still stuck with me. Crossfire. You'll get caught up in the crossfire. 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 So I was curious, and since this is a board game, I decided to look this up and see if this is on... Uh popular board game ranking website board game geek Ooh, and uh and it is there i would like you to guess i would like you to guess because they have like an overall ranked list based on end users do individual ratings on different board games and then they they boil all those up into one unified list of thousands and thousands of different board games that exist i would like you to guess what the overall rank of uh, in all board games ever made that crossfire is currently ranked on board game geek i oh god i'm gonna say it's in the 700s 
Uh, you are wildly wrong. Uh, it is ranked 24,049th place. Oh, God. It is only a 5.4 out of 10. People on Board Game Geek, Board Game Geek not super hot on Crossfire. Okay, so that, if you had asked me what I thought the rating was out of 10, I would have said probably like a 4.5 to 5, so I would have even yeah. been a little low, but I, I guess I didn't, I mean, 24,000, that's, that's real bad. That's real bad. It's not a great game. Especially that 90s better, better ad version. than a game. Maybe the 2010s is better, but it's an interesting concept. You shoot little guns. The ad is amazing. It's got an awesome accompanying song. And the, the song has been mimicked a number of times, including turning it into like a piano-based power ballad that was I saw on YouTube, and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I don't think the audience was expecting it, but given the general demographic of who was listening, it made sense for him to cover it in that manner, and I think people appreciated it and thought it was pretty funny. Myself included. You'll get caught up in it. It's Crossfire. Crossfire. Actually, it's not Crossfire. I definitely remember the ad. It's Crossfire. Anyway, what's... uh, Number four was your uh, Quiznos. Yeah. What, what's your number three? Uh, jumping to number three, we have... Uh, we're getting into some heavy hitters here. Ooh. One of my all-time favorite ad campaigns. This ran from 2004 to 2011 originally. Uh, was brought back later on. Uh, I'm talking about the creepy Burger King ads from Burger King. You know the ones. The creepy... The, the mascot with the giant creepy head. You think he's creepy? Oh yeah, he's very he's very not, intentionally supposed to be creepy. Not endearing. Okay, so I love <laughs> love these ads because they're aggressively weird. So if you haven't seen these somehow, these featured a guy in an extremely creepy giant Burger King head mascot creepily standing in unexpected places, offering people food from Burger King. A guy opens his blinds. Boom, Burger King standing immediately outside his window. The guy wakes up. Boom, Burger King in the bed. Stuff like that, you know. Uh, it's really weird. Uh, that's the, There's not much more to these ads other than like, oh god, this mascot head guy is standing there. The interesting part that I ran into here doing the research for this is these the Burger King head was not manufactured from nothing. That that costume was based on a series of commercials that Burger King ran back in the late seventies. So I encourage you to go Google this, like original Burger King. I swear you were about to say that it was made from like the blood of a Ronald McDonald suit or something. Like, well, you're not entirely wrong here. Um, (laughs) perhaps uh, not the blood part, but so. The original Burger King mascot was like a pudgy animated king, and that was like in the 50s. Um, And then they did an ad campaign in the 70s where live action commercials featuring a guy dressed as a king who would perform magic tricks for children ran. Uh, These they created this ad campaign as a response to McDonald's creating the like the McDonald land ad campaign and characters that ran for a lot of years, you know, like Mayor McCheese and Grimace and Birdie and all those characters. Burger King went, well, we got to have something that appeals. Yeah, yeah, more recently, the Grimace shake. Um, Burger King in the late 70s was like, well, we got to compete with this. We got to have something that appeals to the kids. So they created this live action Burger King and the ads were mostly him doing like magic tricks for kids and be like oh he's doing bringing you magic food and like the the 
straw is hovering into the drink and the ketchup is levitating to pour onto the sandwich and you know that kind of stuff so that doesn't sound better the creepy king mascot is based on what the actor that was in those ads looked like so those that that weird the oh. giant creepy head is just that dude like if you go and google it it's like oh that's the that's the guy that's just what that looks like which kind of blew my mind i'm gonna look this up uh while you're doing that uh i have a separate related thing here this ad campaign was not just the commercials but it went on to spawn not one not two but three separate original xbox video games that they sold at burger kings (laughs) they were called pocket bike racer big bumpin and most notoriously sneak king a game where you a stealth game where you are playing the king and almost like reenacting scenes from the commercials trying to sneak up on unsuspecting people to give them burger king food uh, Sneak the games King are, is a game I am familiar with. Uh, the games are not good, <laughs> but they were very successful. Uh, I've, the statistic that I saw, they estimate that they sold nearly 3 million copies across all three titles. This magician looks ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's other characters besides the Burger King in there, um, like the weird magician. Are they paying royalties stuff, but... to this guy for his likeness? I don't know if he's still alive or not. His name is is Dick Jonala. I don't know how you pronounce this last name. It's G-J-O-N-O-L-A. Jonala? G-J-O-N-O-L-A? Yep. It's probably G-J-O-N-O-L-A. It's Jonola? Jonola? Jonola. Looks like he died in 2009. Rest in peace. So, but hey. This is uh, very weird. It's very weird. It was extremely weird for me to, as somebody who's watched a ton of those ads and loved them as a kid, to go and see like, oh, that's just a man. There's a human, real life man that this is based on. It almost makes it creepier. I'd like to point out that Sneak King, the 2006 Burger King series game for Xbox 360 and regular Xbox, I think, but mostly 360. This game is still an active game in the speedrunning community and can be completed any percent in less than an hour. Uh, But it doesn't look like there's a 100% runs. Not not super active. Uh, It looks like it's been about a year since somebody was super active in it. There's some some running bits among uh, people in the games industry that I follow that uh, have uh, maliciously mailed each other copies of Sneak King. That's very bizarre. In some cases, upwards of, let's say, 10 to 20 copies of Sneak King. Is this a game that, since it's no longer in circulation, has like a cult following now, and you pay 40 bucks if you want to buy, get this game? No, they're, they, made, they made a million, million copies of this game. They Like, literally millions of copies of these games. And they, they're not long, so people would like buy them as a joke and play through them and then not want them anymore and sell them back to GameSpot or whatever, or GameStop. Always do that. Um, and yep. it, and so they're everywhere. There's so many of these things out there to the point where you can buy 20 of them on eBay or something for pretty cheap as a joke. And you have can, that not be impractical. Yeah, you can buy one for under five bucks on, on eBay. Yeah. That makes sense. So <laughs> get a lot of 100 for 50 bucks. I don't know. Maybe not. That's, uh, that's my number three, though. The Creepy Burger King from Burger King. What is your number three? My number three is another musical one. 
It's those okay. musical ones that get you. I have one of those coming up. In October 2007, I believe these premiered. It is the freecreditreport.com. Okay. Freecreditreport.com. You probably heard these songs. I mean, there's, it's a series of about nine commercials that all feature Eric, I believe it's pronounced Violette, who is a French-Canadian that is kind of the face of the commercials with his band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, little known fact, he's not actually the one that's singing. Yeah. Most people think it is him singing. It's not. His accent was apparently too strong even while singing, and they thought it would have been off-putting to a larger or broader audience. And so they had the casting director decided that because they originally wanted him to sing, but it, because it was too difficult to use with his what he thought was a, a tough accent, they ended up dubbing it with the person who was the jingle writer, uh, Dave Mullenfeld from the, the Martin Agency. Okay. So <clears throat> they planned to have him sing, right? Didn't work out. The other guy did it. And ultimately, he uh, he was very successful post-commercial. And to the point where these commercials became really big, his recording studio expanded, and now he has a full recording studio in his basement, and he's done recording on other jingles to note, but also albums for bands such as Owl City. So not like a huge band, but big enough to be relevant. I uh this is definitely one that as you mentioned, I 100% remember and know exactly what you're talking about, but did not recall as I was making my list or uh honorable mentions or anything like that. The there's a, n- a number of ones here, right? Mm-hmm. About his the Singing Pirates, which was like the first one. And then the there was one where he's with his dream girl, but she didn't tell him that her credit was bad. Same. And he should have... got to talk about these things. Yeah, he should have uh, found that out earlier so that he could leave her and had a house and a dog or something. And then the, the new car ad, right? He's, he's rolling off the lot, but he, he's in some real janky-looking car that, yeah, it's just as a result of it. And these are super catchy. and. All the lyrics are very, very well written to tell such a strong story in such a very short period of time that I credit the guy that wrote them significantly for basically creating pop songs and stories in about a 30 second commercial. Sure. Stuff to do. Pretty good. He's got a Renaissance Fair one. There's one about a bicycle. Uh, One where he's a rock star. There's one on a roller coaster. There's a cell phone one where he's got like an old brick style phone. And then there's one in Reno. They're all really good. Most of the ones from the beginning are the ones that I remember. Like the singing pirates. I remember when that first came out. Freecreditreport.com. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one I remember the most. The, the singing pirates one. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he dressed up like a pirate in this restaurant? Who knows? Some some hacker probably stole his identity. I will say, uh, credit reports are a scam. That's all. For, from that website? No, no, sorry, it's credit scores. I meant to say credit scores. Oh, okay. 
I was going to say re- credit reports are absolutely mis- not a mis- scam. Mis- misspoke. Misspoke. Credit scores. Absolutely a scam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's uh, an unfortunate system that you just need to be a part of if you want to have debt and potentially purchase large things like, I don't know, houses. We're going to pivot the rest of the show to be about how do you control your credit score? Yeah, we're actually, we're changing the whole format of the show. We're no longer going to, we're only exclusively going to rank uh, financial products. What's the best credit score? Top 10 credit report companies. Oh God. Experian. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. I, I will point out though, because you said it credit reports, which you can pull, I believe it's either once or twice a year for completely free. the hard report yeah you you can pull a report and actually see all of your financial dependencies and yep. you probably should be doing this at least you once probably a year. should do that you, it's a scam we're forced to participate in so you probably should be aware of it yeah it's one of those things that they really don't teach you as a kid and then you nope. kind of learn as an adult later on when either something bad happens or yep. you get into the point where you're like i might be buying a house or like a big car purchase or something at some point and i'm not bitter about this at all i can tell pro tip you can freeze your credit you can for free and that prevents anyone from checking against it or pulling something against it without you unfreezing it first and it's extremely simple to unfreeze it do whatever reporting you need to do and then refreeze it uh, I, I will say, uh, uh, Scott, I am going to pull us back from the brink of turning into a credit Please. report podcast and make us move forward. What do you got for number two? My number two is from a little bit before my time. It is from 1987, I think. It's hard to pin down exactly when this aired, but the product associated with it came out in the United States in 1987, so probably around then. Uh, this is the, from, uh, a company, a little known company called Nintendo. Mm. And this is the infamous, uh, Legend of Zelda rap commercial. Have you seen this? I don't know if I've seen this. Interesting. Uh, so I'm going to describe it here. Perhaps watch it on, on your Just going to look it up. So, uh, this features a couple of kids talking about the new NES game, The Legend of Zelda. Perhaps, perhaps you've heard of the game. Uh, there's some really, really special line delivery here where the kid goes, whoa, nice graphics. And the other kid's like, you mean you haven't played it yet? Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, then there's some background. Uh, I, I gotta give some background here on where advertising was at in the late 80s. So, as hip-hop and rap began to rise in popularity in the early 80s, eventually, in the late 80s, advertisers start to catch on and go, Hey, this hip-hop thing sure is popular with the youths. We could use that in our commercials. So, this infamously led to hundreds of extremely poorly advised raps written by white people in the vein of, you know, like, my name is John and I'm here to say I'm into Jesus in a major way. You know, oh that kind gosh, of stuff. Oh my gosh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> that one is amazing. Those, those kind of things. Uh, Jesus so Christ about- is my... What? No, no, don't. No, not we're, not to- we're not doing that one. That's nope. a different um, one. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> 
10 seconds into this commercial, they launch into one of a rap in this style. It is delightfully bad. You just go, it's a 30 second commercial. Go watch it. Uh, I'll drop some audio in here from it, but it's, uh, it's really. It's the legend of Zelda and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. They even go so far as to have one of the kids vocally saying wiki wiki, like imitating record scratch sounds later in the late in this bit. Uh, and then the coup de grace as the narrator at the end who says, the Nintendo Entertainment System, your parents help you hook it up. Your parents help you hook it up. Which I just, just every piece of this thing just cracks me up. I it's don't know so, if I've seen this commercial. It's so bad. It's, it, it, this is the epitome of so bad it's good type of movies, but for commercials. Like, this is the ultimate one of those for me. It is, it is very bad. Yeah, and, uh, I, I've now I watched love it. it. Twice. I dearly love it. I unironically love it. Uh, I'm so sad. Yep, it's uh, you you saw this as a kid though. Like this was something that was in regular circulation. For I you? I didn't see no. I so this was this wasn't like airing on TV. Um, later on, um, like in the '90s when I was a kid, but it's something that I saw as a child, like in the advent of like early internet, even pre YouTube. So we're going to, I'll say like early 2000s. So I'm still counting it as this is an ad that I experienced as a child. Mm, okay. I'll allow it. But. That's what I said. A little bit before my time. A little before my time. But, uh, but a fantastic example of uh, real bad raps. Hmm. It reminds me of another one with the uh, Rhett and Link at the Red House. You remember that one? I don't think I know that one. I know okay. some Rhett and Link stuff, but not that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's a furniture store, and they wanted to say that they sell to white people and black people. Oh, good. It's it is not racist, but it is incredibly bad. <laughs> good to know. Well, uh, that's my number two, Scott. What is your number two? Number two is we're talking about financial agencies at this point right oh so no my we number can't, two no, Scott, is we can't go back into this surf ninja no okay so number two is an infomercial from 2003 and as i so this is this is kind of a personal embarrassment for myself here okay this infomercial aired oftentimes at like one or two a.m Okay. And is 28 minutes long. Wow. Okay. And I have watched the entire thing start to finish 20 plus times. Wow. Okay. This is, I I don't know what it is about this particular infomercial that just sucked me in, in a way that made me just completely entertained like it was just its own TV show. And so what I'm referring to is the Magic Bullet infomercial. Have you seen this? Uh, this sounds familiar, but I do not recall specifically. Is that like a cleaning product? No, the Magic Bullet is the blender, the personal blender, where you push down and it blends like a little at a time or you can lock it into the base. It's just a blender. But... The infomercial in particular, the way that it's structured, right? Mick and Mimi are these two people hosting 
a a group of various guests and the acting is awful. I mean, it's an infomercial, but it's like over the top just completely ridiculous in the way that they portray some of these characters. I mean, there's of course the the guy that drinks, like that's his thing. Oh, this guy obviously likes alcohol. Like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. That's a cliche thing. But there's a woman in a muumu and a fake wig, ridiculous glasses and a cigarette hanging off her lip. But she's meant to look much older like a granny smoking, but she's clearly like in her 30s. And her name is Hazel. It's it's bizarre. I have not watched this. I'm kind of obviously I can't watch a whole 28 minute thing here while we're talking about this, but I'm kind of scrolling through, I'm scrubbing sure. through this video um on YouTube and None of this looks familiar to me, so I don't think I've seen this. Okay, that's fine. I've seen it enough for both of us. You don't get sucked in. The reason, so it started out that I had this at like number 10 on my list, kind of as a, oh, I remember that. And then as I was going through kind of researching and rewatching some of this stuff, I got sucked in again. And I watched another (laughs) 14 minutes of this before I realized. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay, this needs to move up. It's, It's clearly, it's just one of those things. I don't know what it is. I, it's so difficult to describe. But let me explain to you what's going on, right? Mick and Mimi, they're hosting people, what appear to be kind of a, a slew of hungover guests mm-hmm. from, they had a barbecue yesterday, but there's really not a whole lot of detail about how these people all got together. But now Mick and Mimi are like hosting them, but also selling them on this product at the same time. And they've got all this stuff in their kitchen that's just kind of ready, pre-prepared. And they're going to make it into other things. They have a number of veggies and fruits and cheeses and, and, you know, just various items that they're planning on piecing together for these meals. And they're trying to explain how easy it is, right? They make muffins, they make omelets, they make chocolate mousse like a, a sorbet. They make nacho, like a queso dip. I, maybe I was just hungry. Maybe I was entranced by how easy it was. I just, it was formulaic almost. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they're describing this like, oh, just take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and in eight seconds, and that's like the thing, in eight seconds, in ten seconds, in three seconds, just to show you how easy it is to blend all these things, right? You push the thing down and it blends. Will it blend? Not the same thing. But a nice little rabbit hole to go down sometime. And of course, they're talking about how it's not just great. The main reason they got it was it's, and Mick interrupts, like he's like, it's the ultimate party machine. And he's like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And he starts doing all these other creations and i'm gonna do this and while i'm doing this you do that and then we're gonna do this and then like you know moments later they've got a full like a selection of appetizers and drinks and whatever sure and uh you know they've got mugs that have handles on them so you can blend right in the mug that you're gonna drink it out of and put one of the safety guard lids on and it's you know they've got a couple different colors so everybody knows whose is whose it's got enough of these little nuances and detail that you're like, I need that. Yeah, I probably would use that. Sure. And the characters are 
not relatable, but at the same time, you're kind of like, I see some of the little nuances of each of these people, and I know some of these people in my life. So they're relatable, but they're ridiculous, and they don't, you don't want them to be relatable because of how ridiculous they are. But at the same time, you're like, no, I, I know these people. So I, as I was going through this and I got sucked back in, I'm like, well, obviously this is much, much more of a, an important thing in my childhood advertisements. One of the other things that Hazel says, like this ridiculous cigarette-toting character, two, two things that she says in this thing that really stand out to me. One, she's complaining about garlic, and she's like, oh, stinky, nasty garlic. I'm like, what? Girl, what are you shitty. talking about? 10 out of 10. Doesn't want to chop the garlic. Stinky, nasty. But, you know, you three seconds in the little blender, you can chop it up yourself. No seconds. mess. Or there's another one where they're talking about, oh, you know, you want to make dinner and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, dinner. Dinner's always a production. <laughs> I was like, who are you? What is the... <laughs> Uh, it's so ridiculous. And one of the, the notable things that they make is a quesadilla. Okay. That's right. So Mimi, the, the woman with Mick, blends up mm-hmm. some already chopped cheese, some already chopped up chicken, and some already chopped up jalapeno, and puts them in the magic bullet to get chopped up. And then basically it's already chopped, right? So a little bit more of a fine chop, spreads it on a tortilla, slaps on another one, and then microwaves it. And then returns it to the table with a a blade and chops it into quarters. And she's like, yeah, quesadilla served. And you're like, I don't want to eat that. That's not appealing. And yet somehow my brain, I'm like, God, it's so easy. It's so easy to join. So now this is where I admit that I never actually purchased a magic bullet. Didn't work. But I was gifted one, so I didn't have to purchase it myself. Is it? Does it live up to the hype? I used it a lot, actually. Yeah, I I burned it out um, from use. You didn't buy another one. I did not buy another one. I bought a, a much nicer blender later I imagine on. you probably need a larger blender in your household at this point. Yeah, yeah, we got one of those big ninja blenders now. You got, you got the children. But, yeah. Smoothies I, for all the children. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't use it. I used it a lot. I made, I made guacamole with it. I made, very poorly, mind you, because that was, that's another tangent we can go down. You know, stinky, nasty garlic, right? That's, uh... Mm-hmm. We'll save that story for another time, but okay. I used the magic bullet quite a bit, and ultimately, yeah, it did end up burning up because I I used it too much. So I would say it was worthwhile. I enjoyed it while I had it. The infomercial will always hold a special place in my heart, and from what I understand, there's a whole community of people that believe the same way about it as I do. Okay, and for, I was reading through some of the comments on like the YouTube for this. And there are people who, at 2 a.m., can't sleep, turn this on for nostalgia. Because that's pretty much when it came on. It was like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, whatever. Sometimes, like the you magic know, bullet out of couldn't 10. sleep. Yeah. Oh, out of 10? Yep. 
as far as like a product or the yes. infomercial uh, as a product rank, rank it out of 10 or rate it i guess i mean compared to other blenders i mean it's probably like an eight okay it's solid i like i said i used a, it a, a ton that's a, that's a b minus i got a lot of use out of it the like i said it burned up and the blades didn't hold over time right yeah. and do enough frozen like fruit and smoothies yeah, and stuff I'll, with I'll it, it then. but that's right like up. the nature of any blender like a cheap right. one so compared to other infomercial type things I, it's probably pretty it's probably up there as well eight or nine out of ten mm-hmm. so i'd say it lived up to the hype i loved it i love this infomercial i've spoken way too much about this and if i watch it again i probably will get sucked in and i'm probably going to watch it start to finish uh, sometime in the near future while I'm eating Quiznos. What's your number, uh, number two? Uh, my number two is the Zelda reps. We're going oh, that's to right. One now. Oh, snap. So we're coming down to it here. What do you uh, got? This ranks so much highly above everything else on my list that it's that nothing else was even in contention. Uh, I, I feel the same way about my number one. This this ad campaign was active from 1998 through 2008. It's from Budweiser. Mm. These are the uh, real men of genius, or uh, depending on when you where when they are, oh either real men of genius God. or real American heroes. Do we have the same number one? I forgot about this. Oh, okay. Until just now. Uh huh. This totally would have made a top five on my list easily. Oh my god! Real men of genius. Uh huh. Uh huh. I have a lot to say. Today we salute you, Mister Taco Salad Inventor. Mister Taco Salad Inventor. All right, what do you got to say? Absolutely classic set of ads that my family quoted at each other all the time because we love these. No one in my house drank beer. We just the the the, the actual advertising didn't. It was incredible. Effective on us, but the but the the idea of this campaign was so good. They made a ton of these. From the research I did today, there's at least 115 of them between TV ads and radio ads. Way more radio ones than TV. They started as radio ads in 1998, and I don't think they started doing TV ads until like 2002, 2003, something like that. There's a YouTube video out there with a full hour of them, but that has less are than half of many? all of them. Oh There's my less than goodness. Half of them. Yeah. So There's these that are one, many? These are one minute ads. There's at least 115 of them. Like, like I said, wow. there's so many. There's, a, there's, there's like two hours of these things out there. I have not listened to all of them. Uh, I did not, not know that. Not all of them are hilarious or anything like that, but a bunch of them are very good. So let's talk about the ads themselves. Yeah. The format here is basically the original concept, uh, Real American Heroes, 1998. Uh, It's it's doing a mock tribute to different quote-unquote real American heroes, such as uh, Mr. Way Too Proud of Texas Guy or Mr. Enormous SUV Driver. Uh, just goofy concepts for things. And then the narrator reads the tribute as melodramatic music plays in the background, accompanied by a really overzealous singer adding jokes between the lines. But after 9-11 happens, 
Remember, we said 9-11 was coming back. Uh, After 9-11 happens, Budweiser executives decided that making fun of American heroes, uh, no matter how ridiculous, was probably not going to be received well in the ultra-jingoistic environment of the early 2000s. So they decided instead they were going to rebrand the ads from Real American Heroes to Real Men of Genius. And I think more ads got released under the Real Men of Genius name than the Real American Heroes one. So that's kind of in the public consciousness more of what these are remembered by or remembered as keeps the overall theme but dropping what you know people might be perceiving as offensive at that time uh a personal favorite that i'm gonna read out here is uh mr paranoid of the ocean guy (laughs) so uh i've got the i've got the script here um go for it uh so it's a today we salute you, Mr. Paranoid of the Ocean Guy. Wind sailing, parasailing, bodyboarding, not you. You prefer activities like flailing, shivering, and whimpering. And the singer goes, Please don't judge me. <laughs> Bravely, you step into the water. One wrong move, and you could be pinched to death by a hermit crab. Tell my wife I love her. Was that a piece of seaweed that touched your leg? Or a giant man-eating eel. Ah! So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light, oh swimmerous minimus, because someone has to man those shallow waters, and that someone is you. So that's the, that's the general format here. They're all about that length. Uh, different, yep. different one-liners and, and the, the, the singer coming in the background. Occasionally you get like a gospel choir. With some with a with with a, replacing some of the singing lines, and those are pretty funny at times. So. Yeah, that yes. So the one that I always sticks with me is the giant taco salad yeah, inventor, Mister Giant Taco Salad Inventor, and that one does have the the backup. Uh, I don't see no lettuce. Yeah, I listened to a lot of these over the last couple of days. Conquistador uh, of the gallery. So this is this is a hugely popular series of ads, a big internet following and everything. They sold these on CDs in collections of like 20 at a time in the early 2000s. You oh, know, yeah. So they, they did they did a big deal. These were a big deal. Uh, and based on those uh, awards that you're talking about earlier uh, within the industry, this is the most industry awarded ad campaign of all time. My gosh. So uh, it's. Very so. I'll put it this way: this entry is so strongly my number one that I'm doing a late game lateral. We're going to my side bonus list: top ten real men of genius ads. Oh my gosh! Here we go. I'm going ten to one here, playing our music. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. All right, uh, number ten is uh i'm not gonna obviously read the scripts of these i'm just gonna say what the titles are i strongly recommend that you go listen to these i should probably sing at least a few of them they're all on youtube uh number 10 mr really 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 bad dancer mr really 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 bad dancer number nine mr silent killer gas passer yeah i was just thinking about that one (laughs) keep Uh, going number number eight mr giant taco salad inventor yes that one already number seven mr really bad toupee wearer yeah yeah uh, number six, Mr. Overzealous Foul Ball Catcher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, number five, Mr. Way Too Much Cologne Wearer. 
Uh, number four, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy. This is where we're really approaching the top two. Oh, yeah. I love that Mr. one. Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy is very good. Yes. Uh, number three, Mr. 80 SPF Sunblock Wearer. Yes. 80. Yep. Uh, number two, Mr. Paranoid of the Ocean Guy, which I read yep. earlier. And number one, uh, this is all-time classic with my family that we still quote at each other to this day, uh, Mr. Tiny Thong Bikini Wearer. <laughs> yes. Like ground meat crammed into a sausage skin, <laughs> you take to the beach and proudly strut your stuff. It's so bad. It's it's really good. Uh, they they that really one, did that one have... was not a TV ad. That was a radio ad. Yeah, they they had a very astute way of calling people out. That was mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, great, and great I, advertising also, campaign. Uh, uh, pretty gently making fun of people. You know, it's not like not like scathing commentary or anything it's just like goofy little jibes here and there that that it 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 feels very good natured and very fun which is why the campaign works so well i think and resonated with so many people yeah uh what was the other one because there were a couple other ones that i was thinking of um oh mr athletic groin protector inventor yeah that's a that's a popular one for sure Uh, and overly loud car stereo guy yep that one's pretty good yeah, there's there's a lot. Mr. All-You-Can-Eat Buffet Inventor. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. Mr. Chinese Food Delivery Guy. Mr. Chinese Food Delivery Guy, yes! Oh my gosh, it's been so Nowadays, long since I've seen... Nowadays, that would be Mr. Uh, Mr. Grubhub Delivery Guy or yeah. whatever. Mr. Mr. Gasoline Barbecue Starter. Yeah, that's a, oh, that yeah. one's also very good. I listen to that one. Grocery right. Store Cart Wrangler. That's another good one. Okay, I don't know so if I've, I've heard that one. Oh yeah, check out that one. Uh, anyway, no, it's... Uh, Oh, we could go oh. on for a very long time about these. Fantasy football manager guy. Yep, that's a good yeah. one. Anyway, there's there's so many of these, and yeah, that is a great addition. I didn't even think about it. For some reason, it just completely evaded me as I was putting this list together, but it definitely this, would have made my top five. The gap between number one and number two on my list is maybe the larger here, larger here than it's ever been on any episode so far. Wow. I... It's. I would not say the gap on one to two for mine is that big, but number one is number one with a bullet. It's not well, let's, close. Let's get into it. Even here, after the your, magic bullet. What's your number one? What's better than the magic bullet? My number one premiered in 2007, and I'm just going to read the script to you, and you'll okay. know because okay. so much of this is ingrained in just general pop culture. Right. And it gets said by people in my close circles a ton, but just in general. Right. Okay. All right. So it goes, you son of a biscuit eating bulldog. What the French toast? Did you think I wouldn't find about your little doo-doo head cootie queen? Who are you calling a cootie queen? You lint liquor. Pickle you kumquat. You're overreacting. No, Bill. Overreacting was when I put your convertible into a wood chipper. Stinky mix. Stink face. You hoboken. Fabulous. New Orbit's Raspberry Mint cleans another dirty mouth for a good clean feeling, no matter what. I really like I, these commercials. This is so good. I, I, do, I do remember this. I remember that one specifically. And there are a bunch of like weird Orbit ones, right? You son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. I'm going to title this one as You Lint Liquor. You Lint Liquor. That, no, that's definitely what the, the key moment is in that whole thing, right? Orbit Gum is the company. Yeah, it is Orbit Gum. Lint liquor commercial. Who are you calling a cootie queen? You lint liquor. Pickle you, kumquat. I still, I say 
almost all of these phrases. Son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. People said variations of that leading up to this point, but Mm -hmm. this commercial cemented it as a phrase, and now people say that all the time. At least people that I know. Son of a biscuit or son of a biscuit-eating bulldog. I, I don't know about you. People in my circles, they say it quite a bit. I, I, I will say, as I, do, I do definitely vividly remember these commercials for sure. Didn't permeate my brain or my social circles largely the same way as, as you've experienced. I would, say, I, would agree that these, I would agree that these are good commercials, but uh, didn't, didn't land for me the same way. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Just the, the whole way that it's experienced with all the anger and just, it's clear that these two people are going to have it out, but. They've had orbit gum, so all of their words spoken are much nicer than what they probably actually would have been. I want to praise the writer of this commercial, and I don't know who that is. I don't have it here in front of me. How many, how many different ways can you come up with cleaning up obscenities? You know, who, yeah, exactly. Who still making it clear what they are trying to actually say? This to get, yeah, what the French toast? That's that's genius right there. I'll pickle you, kumquat. Like wow incredible i i i don't even it's it's so above and beyond anything that i'm capable of creating that i just i want to praise it as something that's magnificent that i'm going to continue to repeat for the rest of my life and uh i'll never chew your gum (laughs) so not effective this i've googled this and uh Many of the top results that I am getting are tick TikToks reenacting the commercial. Okay, and I, I don't not need aware to watch that. I don't need to watch any of those. No, I I don't care about reenactments. I just want the original. The original is so much better. A uh, quick side note here. Speaking of reenactments, I saw. Um, so as I mentioned on the Real Men of Genius stuff, people made. Um, or there there's some mostly radio ads, but some TV ads. I think there's like ten or fifteen of them are, are TV ads. Uh, in my research for this, I found a bunch of the radio ones that people tried to recreate oh. as TV commercials with their own, either like with Photoshop stuff or physically reenacting them. There's a there's a uh, Mr. Gasoline Firestarter one or Gasoline Girl Starter uh, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, is with sound effects and everything. This person really went all out. It's very bad, <laughs> um, but people uh, people went for it with those too. Mr. Footlong Hot Dog Inventor. That's a good one. Mr. Orbit, Orbit Gum Mouth Cleaner Upper. Yeah. Orbit cleans another dirty mouth. Yeah. That's, I, I, I love this commercial. It's so good. It's I fun. remember the first time I saw it. I want to say it was a Super Bowl commercial, actually. Oh, really? I, I don't know. Mm, don't quote me on that. I don't know that I have any Super Bowl commercials on my list. They probably did a Super Bowl Yokiero Taco Bell. Uh, probably. I was thinking like Puppy Monkey Baby. That one came up when I was sure. doing this. If you remember that one, Puppy Monkey yeah. Baby. Some weird, some weird Super Bowl ads. There's a lot of them. Terry Tate Office Linebacker also came up. I really like shit. That. No. Forgot. How did one. I forget Terry Tate? It's pretty dang good. Ah, that would have absolutely made the top five. Really? Oh, Oh, no. Terry Tate's great. 
Yeah, that I watched the whole thing. Uh, well, now I have to staple Terry Tate office linebacker onto my honorable mentions. You probably should because otherwise he'll tackle the shit out of you. He will. Man. I can't believe I forgot Terry Tate. God. All right. Let's uh let's call it a wrap here. Go into yeah. another quick break and then we'll Yeah. Well, that's our one through ten. We got a little, uh, I have so many honorable mentions. Yeah, we got some honorable mentions to wade through here before we get to the final arguments. So stick around, folks. We'll be back. Welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself at least a little bit. In that case, an honest rating or a review or simply referring a friend would go a very long way to help us get the word out. Based on the metrics that we're seeing, it sounds like the word is getting out. More people Start, listening. Starting to see some more people, new platforms, new listens, so we appreciate you. Somebody's Welcome. listening on Pandora here. I think just one person, but cool. Hello to Pandora listener, whoever you are. We've been doing I did, this. I didn't know podcasts were still on Pandora until I launched the podcast. Had no idea. We've been doing this now for eight months, nine months. We're closing in on a year. Oh, my word. Yeah. Okay. Well, that being said, we've been doing this for about a year. Things are starting to catch on. I don't think we're planning on slowing down. If anything, we're reinvigorated by the fact that people are starting to listen. So, let us know you're listening. Send us some fan mail. And, uh, or, you know, hate mail. That's fine, too. Just be nice. Yeah, just let us know what you think. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you again for listening. We're going to move on to the argument portion. But first, we're going to discuss our honorable mentions or maybe dishonorable mentions. Josh, oh, what do I you got? got? both. Rapid got fire. Both. Go. All right, uh, Terry Tate, office linebacker for office honorable mention. Man, I can't believe I forgot that. What a great commercial. Fantastic. Um, I'm Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes. Uh, <laughs> That's not the funny. Bud, the Budweiser Frogs would have made my number 10, but alas, were, Bud. Uh, could not Wise. be on there with real men, men of genius. Loved those as a kid. Uh, the Pusha T Arby's Fish Sandwich Wrap from recent years. That is a very fun commercial. Uh, the vaguely racist Taco John's, a whole lot of Mexican going on, going on at Taco is. John's. Uh, they recently hit West Michigan, but I had Taco John's when I lived in Iowa. Um, any Billy Mays ad, though, he's always fun. Uh, got mm -hmm. Milk, remember those? That, mm -hmm. that was all over the 90s and 2000s. Uh, the weird Shrek inspirational ads, like the Ogre Achiever and the other uh, billboards of like famous people and stuff. Those are weird. Uh, the Coca-Cola Polar Bears, Lego My Ego, There's No Wrong Way to Eat a Reese's, the Connect Four Pretty Sneaky Sis commercial, mm -hmm. uh, the Chef Boyardee, the can following the girl home from the grocery store, and she says, but I love Chef, mm -hmm. uh, the Kool-Aid Man, oh yeah, busting through the wall commercials, uh, the Doodle Bear uh, ad, uh, mm -hmm. the Guinness Brilliant ads. Mmm. Sprite, obey your thirst. Mm -hmm. uh, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Mm. Pringles, once you pop the fun, don't stop. Uh, the Geico Gecko, who notably uh, my wife was very upset, did not make my top ten. 
the Weird Honeycomb Cereal Gremlin. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, the Trix Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, I have the $5 foot long on here. Uh, we have a couple of, uh, I thought about doing a side list of advertising games, adver games, if you will, like Sneak King and others, but uh, I just have a couple to mention here. Uh, my 7-Up entry is the Cool Spot game for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Nice. Uh, and a similar era, the Domino's uh, Avoid the Noid game also came out around then. Ooh, one more to add that you didn't put on there. The Captain Crunch little uh, yes, crunchlings. Yeah. Yep. The Crunch, <sighs> Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure, I believe is the name of that. Oh my that gosh. game is terrible, but I, I played it a lot game. as a kid. I Well, yeah. Uh, finally, a video that I very strongly recommend everyone go Google and watch on YouTube. Um, it is a 30-second ad for a church titled uh, God's Top Gun of Deliverance. I strongly recommend you go watch this. It's very special. It's not enough to make my top 10, but uh, possibly weirder than the sponge monkeys. Uh, go, go watch it. That's all I got for honorable mentions. Dishonorable mentions, unless you want to do your honorable. No, go instead. do dishonorable. I have way less of these. Um, we have uh, the Starburst Berries and Cream lad. I hate him. Uh, the old Budweiser. <laughs> what up? Commercials I never liked. Uh, the '90s Gushers ad where the kids ate Gushers and their heads turned into fruit—that always creeped me out as a kid. You didn't like uh, that. The weird Slim Jim guy, uh, not Macho Man Randy Savage, but the weird guy dressed in the the jerky costume. Hate, hate him. The '90s ad for the board game Don't Wake Daddy is very bad. <laughs> There's uh, a couple that require a little bit more ex- explanation here. There's some local like window installation company from when I lived on the east side of the state. Circa like 2007 or so uh, that had uh, some sort of foam insulation thing they were talking about or like foamless insulation. And there's a bit where a man is sitting in a pit of foam and he says to the guy who's running the commercial, but Dave, where's the foam? And I, the commercial always made me angry with how stupid it was. Uh, and then there's some sort of weird Norwegian produced video that's like promoting some radio station or something i don't it's it's confusing but it is of a bunch of american celebrities singing let it be by the beatles photoshopped poorly via green screen onto like a beach uh go google that it's incredibly bizarre oh my word uh and the last of the dishonorable mentions here uh we talked about uh the print ad thing that i thought about earlier uh there's a bunch of really terrible print ads from uh the 90s for video games and uh this one is actually 2000s uh that i'm thinking of uh it's for the game crash bandicoot the wrath of cortex and it's crash bandicoot in bed with a bunch of human ladies hmm unclear it says he's got to have them all uh and there are uh let's say uh, buxom ladies in pajamas and why is crash bandicoot in bed with a bunch of human ladies what does that have to do with the video game for the playstation 2 who knows but that was in some magazine or something so uh they did a bunch of stuff like that and it's really weird finally the very last thing i have that i think skirts the line between an honorable mention and dishonorable mention is the shamwow commercials (laughs) i am vince with shamwow it's kind of in that weird middle zone where, like, they're not good, but they're very memorable. So it's like the weird in-between space for me. Hmm. So that's everything I got. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. What do you got? I have a number of repeats. 
So I'll, I'll gloss through some of those. We got the Got Milk, Yokiro Taco Bell, but specifically I'm going to throw in there the Vaporwave Aesthetic, which is still one of my favorite things. Sure. The uh, teal and purple and kind of that color scheme with the, the Vaporwave, right. as they call it, right? I love that. Uh, next, I have a, a commercial that very nearly made my top 10. It was a CD commercial that was advertising monster ballads and it was all of these big name bands that have ballads of some kind and they consolidated into one cd and were advertising the cd and and several of the songs that they they discuss on there are ones that i still enjoy to this day so i i never bought the cd but I may or may not have uh, <clears throat> downloaded some of those songs. Gotcha. Allegedly. And burned them onto my own power ballad CD. Next, we have Ch-Ch-Ch-Chia. I don't know if you oh, ever yep. had a Chia, but nope. I did not. <laughs> and my, my grandma did, though, and I got to help I, her. I know the one, ad, though. So, yeah. Uh, the Waza commercial. Uh, Once Your Pop Can't Stop. Uh, the Spearmint Gum Double Your Pleasure, Double Your Fun. I thought those were pretty good. The I Want My Baby Back, Baby Back, with the NSYNC oh, yeah. commercial. Uh, Mentos, The Fresh Maker, which is always just some ridiculous situation that people find themselves in, and then they eat a Mentos, and suddenly they're able to resolve the entire thing in some ridiculous fashion. Mentos are good. Yeah, they're fine. The, the fruit-flavored uh, fruit ones. So in looking at the research for this whole thing, though, uh, that was an incredibly effective one. They went on to really? become like Mentation. 10 million, 40 million, 120 million in three years time of sales. It was incredible. Um, next I have, I'm a big kid now. And I don't, there's the yeah, phrase yep. just gets stuck with me. And occasionally I don't it's even like, remember what product that is, but it's I like a Huggies diaper, I think. But oh, yeah, that makes sense. There's like that phrase has now keyed in for me that if somebody says anything kind of similar to it it just triggers that for me uh they're magically delicious of course lucky charms the my little pony commercial because it was my little pony my little pony i'm like oh my god never wanted that but that song was very catchy mcdonald's monopoly i have on here the sock and bopper sock and bopper yep great uh connect four same commercial you're referring to uh lego my eggle Bagel Bites. Oh, yep. I watched that one. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. In singing that song, it makes me want to eat Bagel Bites, and I know, I know they're gross, but part of me wants to eat them. I don't think I ever saw that commercial before yesterday. Maybe I should make my own. Next, I have Just Say No. Just Say No to Drugs. That was part of the Reagan, I think. I I do say no to drugs, dare the Darren the Dare Lion. Yeah, right. Next, uh, Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, and then, dude, you're getting Adele. Do you remember those commercials? I vaguely. It's like a, com- a computer commercial. Yeah, like, you, yeah. dude, you're getting Adele. I want to say was Justin Long in those commercials? Someone else? No, Justin Long was the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Oh, that's ones, right, right. right. Uh, so easy a caveman can do it, which was also Geico. Oh yeah, those were good. Uh, Coca-Cola they made a sitcom out of those. Bears. Uh, oh, 
the Mazda commercials. Zoom, zoom. Do you remember, remember though? Like, yep. I just I remember, remember the whispering. I don't remember anything else mm-hmm. from that. I didn't even know it was a Mazda. I just remember yep. zoom, zoom. Uh, also, McDonald's, the teeny beanie babies, for those who were obsessed with beanie babies, like I was my, when my I was wife. a kid. My wife also, one of those. Hungry? Why wait? Grab a Snickers. Snap, sure. crackle, pop. Lego mania. Lego mania. Maybe you didn't oh, know that yeah. one. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, that sure. one. Uh, sure. And then Twister. The hot spot. Maybe it's okay. Dishonorable mentions. I have three of these. Okay. Moon shoes. I don't know if you've ever seen the advertisement for moon shoes. I don't think so. Do you know what moon shoes are? Yes. Okay. The advertisement makes it seem as if you are, you have a trampoline on your feet mm-hmm. and you are able to jump significantly. Right. That is not the case. I yeah, had I moon shoes. Real. They suck. Real so incredibly disappointing. One of the worst products ever. Just completely false advertisement in my mind. I hated those. So frustrating. Next dishonorable mention I have is Zoo Books. I don't know if you've seen the advertisements for Zoo Books. Again, I have not seen the ad, but I do know the product. They have always shown the exact same set of books every single time. I don't know that the content ever changed. I also don't know a single person that ever owned these books. Yeah, I didn't. I just became annoyed whenever this commercial came up. And I felt like it came up a lot. At a certain point, you just you walk away. I hate that commercial. That's fair. And last but not least, this is not a specific advertisement. But this is a super common phrase that was used in advertisements in the 90s and kind of throughout our childhood. Okay. Batteries not included. Oh, yep. Yep. Screw that. Just everything about that. Because it's always the batteries. You needed a ton of them. You needed like eight of them for a lot of the products. Four of them. Read in the same tone as like the... Batteries not included. Help the health warning on medicinal ads exactly it's like yeah this by mattel batteries not included if your erection lasts for more than three hours please consult the doctor immediately batteries not included but anyway the batteries were always super expensive you always needed a ton of them they never lasted as long as you wanted them to it just original game boy everything about that upset me hearing that phrase in a commercial is just so incredibly frustrating. So it gets a very specific dishonorable mention, even though it's not for any one product. That's fair. That's all I got. All right. Well, with all of those in mind, we're going to return to our list here. And I've already on our shared Google Doc that we used to kind of keep ourselves unified on this stuff. uh, I have moved over our top fives. Again, uh, as always, something from below a top five could badger its way onto the list. We decide that's necessary, but usually it's just stuff from our top five. So, yeah, we've got these moved over. Uh, what, What do you think? I think the Zelda rap is complete crap, and it should be very low. It's bad, but it's very fun. No. Real Men of Genius is arguably a one-two kind of pick, so throw that over there. Yeah, no, Real Men of Genius, we're going to have some real... We both had the Sponge Monkeys, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be a top five. 
You yeah, had it at. I'm not going to argue. You, I had that. it at it's seven. My number, it's my number four. Yeah, I had it at seven. So, you had it at four. Kind of middle of the pack ish for both of us. Okay, throw it at maybe six for now. Yeah, okay. I'm just doing like low hanging fruit here. Uh, I tried to copy paste that over without actually copying it. Like a fool. What? Which of mine do you feel uh, any kind of way about? I remember the Crossfire ad, but I Crossfire. don't. I don't feel much attachment to it. In fact, I think the J.G. Wentworth opera ad hit a little harder for me, despite me never having seen it before and not like loving it. But I think it's. I think that sticks out more than the Crossfire ad to me. Um, the magic bullet infomercial, infomercial, I have no connection to whatsoever and I'm not going to, I can't watch, I can't experience it right now. You know, that's I'm going to need you to take feasible. a break 28 minutes or so, watch the entire thing, start to finish and then see how you feel. Actually, let, let's wait until, wait until 2am and then you can watch yeah. it and then let me know how you feel. Okay. Well, we're not that far off. We've got started recording late tonight, so it's almost midnight right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do 20 minute video on the on a magic bullet, unfortunately, hmm. but I understand your appreciation of it for sure. Um, it's more than you know, an appreciation. I've, so I've respect. seen, I haven't seen that and I haven't seen JG Wentworth. Well, I have now, I had not previously seen, right. Sure. Uh, I like, uh, I, I think the Ulint liquor, you know, I d- didn't land the same way that it did for me, but I do like it. I do think it's good. Uh, freecreditreport.com. I think I might like more actually. Uh, than lint but liquor what? not like a not a ton more or anything but it's like yeah a little bit more i think i like that one a little bit more mm. um so you're not a fan of how do you feel like about like zelda rap crossfire uh like 9 10 right around there uh, yeah I, I i can i can live with zelda rap dropping because i can i can fully recognize it's terrible i just think it's fun terrible so the creepy Burger King guy, I, I don't know, just feels like an, a guy to me. I never oh, I really had a connection. Ads. They're so good. N- there's not really one that's popping out in my mind that the, the I be- My favorite remember. one is the guy, opens his, the guy opens his blinds in the morning and is like inches away from the glass. And he pulls open the blinds, and the Burger King is like almost like nose pressed against the glass, immediately under on the other side of the glass from this guy. And it's like, oh god, why is this guy here? I don't remember that commercial. It's really good. I, I mean, I I remember the Burger King, but yeah, it's just something. It's not not ringing any bells. Maybe mm-hmm. I have to go back and watch those. They're great. Big fan. Big mm-hmm. fan. All right, well, move Crossfire and Zelda Rap for now. Okay. Like a no particular order, but down to the bottom. Let's see what happens when I do this. Hey, it condensed them properly. Great. McDonald's Monopoly. I, this is I mean, something I, that I had a lot of fun with. Um, yeah. You know, I don't have like uh, an emotional attachment to it, let's say, but just like, hey, I, I, this is something I really enjoyed participating in every year for. A lot of years, decades, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when did that end? Uh, twenty fifteen was the last year. So, so it's been at least a little while now. Yeah, eight years ago. Okay. Huh? You think they'll ever bring it back? 
probably. Uh, they've run it more recently in other territories. I think they were like they were gonna run it in 2020. I remember reading in the UK, and then COVID happened, and that did not happen. Sure, but they were planning to. So, so looking maybe. at the the list here, we've got McDonald's, Monopoly, and the Creepy Burger King as two that I'm semi equating, if only because they're both fast food. They are both fast food. I think. I appreciate the McDonald's Monopoly more than the Creepy Burger King. Wow. <clears throat> and more specifically, I've played the McDonald's Monopoly and benefited in some way. I, the one thing that I remember I always won a decent amount of, and that was hash browns. And I remember... McDonald's hash browns great. Yeah, well, yeah. The, and the hash browns, if I remember correctly, had this, the... The stickers on them, or the the peel offs, and so I would get the hash brown, I would peel one off, and I'd win another hash brown. That's great, and I'm like, awesome. Give me give me this infinite hash brown hack. Like, all right. Side note here, really quick. Trader Joe's sells hash brown, like frozen hash browns that are identical to the McDonald's ones. They are very good. They are worth buying if you ever go to Trader Joe's. You have to prepare them in a specific way. I'm pretty sure you have to air fry them in order. I mean, even if you throw them, we don't have an air fryer. If you just throw them in the oven, still very good. Really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Still worth it. They're not, you know, I I assume they're better from an air fryer, but just in the oven, still excellent. Hmm. Bonus, bonus. My new oven has an air fry functionality. Oh, that's neat. It's like a giant air fryer. All right. We got. Six more things we got to move over here. And then yeah. Make sure oh, how man. we're going to order those. Um, hmm. I like, I like, I think free credit report should be top five. I think that works. Mm, okay. I'm going to put that at number five. That's what I was just going to suggest. I think you're not going to get away with lint liquor out of L- top lint two. Liquor, lint liquor out of top two. Mm-hmm. Top, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably even mm-hmm. one. No. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, it's not better than Real Men of Genius. Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. No, not even close. Real Men of what? Not even no. close. You Real, like those. Real, oh, I don't even know what you that is. You like those ads. I don't know. That you, sounds like you, you're you could spurning name, 9-11. You, you named like seven of them that you really liked. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh-huh. I, don't, uh-huh. I don't recall that. And I don't really listen to our podcast, so how am I supposed to know if that's true? Lint Liquor number two. Hmm. Burger King number three. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Creepy Burger King. Hmm. I, I'm almost inclined to say Lint Liquor goes three. Oh. Magic Bullet goes two. Why? Okay, you're going to... Okay, I, I mean, I like... I like Lint Liquor more than Magic Bullet just because I don't know Magic Bullet, but Man, it's Lint interesting. Incredible. I was just it, trying to me, do a little bit of uh, organizing. Like, yeah, here. I'm like, there's no reason for you to do that because I like this one more than the other one, and you claim to also like this one more than the other oh, one. Oh, I do. So I, don't know I, why I think Lint Liquor should be number one. I don't know why one. Magic Bullet would, uh, would arise there. All right, all right. How about this? How about this? We got, we'll put Lint Liquor 2, Okay. McDonald's 3, Burger King 4. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I can live with that. And then I'm going to suggest that the Quiznos Sponge Monkeys gets shifted down one, and the Magic Bullet gets inserted just above that. Oh, 
that's rough. Sell me on Magic Bullet some more. What what makes Magic Bullet more special than the Sponge Monkeys? Well, is it weirder? A... Is it weirder than the Sponge Monkeys? Did did you watch the the portion with Hazel in it? Where no, she's... I like I didn't really. I was just scrubbing through. Like I wasn't listening to it because we were talking. Okay. I was just like bouncing through there. So I need you to sell me on it. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on one second. Okay. I think I think regardless of this discussion, while you're finding this, I think this this puts JG Wentworth at eight, right? Say that again. I think because you're talking about um, what goes at six, Sponge Monkeys or Magic Bullet. I think that automatically our only one left is JG Wentworth. I think that automatically puts that at eight, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's move right. that over. So our our final debate here is. What's better, the magic bullet or the Quiznos sponge monkeys? Start there. Okay. And I'm going to find another spot. Scott has found me, has sent me a link. I'm going to pull the link up. I didn't know this man was British. Okay, there's Hazel. I need to go back here. This is very low resolution. That cigarette does not look like it's lit. Oh, it's not. It very much looks like that is just like a cigarette that has never been lit hanging out of her mouth. But this, the video fidelity on this is very bad. Oh, really? Maybe it's particularly bad for you. I guess it is pretty low quality. It's but... 240p, man. Found it. This woman has the hairstyle that my mom had in the mid-2000s. Like, almost identical. I mean, specifically the lady in the, the pink dress here. Yep, Hazel. Oh no, you're talking okay. about the one that uh, Mimi. No, no, no. The lady, the lady who's standing up. That's like showing yeah, off the product. That's Mimi. She has the same hairstyle as my mom did. Yep. In so, circa 2004, let's say. I I remember your mom having that exact haircut. Uh, let's. Okay, we've got a second clip here. Yep. So, Hazel, the old lady with the fake cigarette hanging out of her mouth. It seems has, like a lot of your argument is based on Hazel. Has oh hold on has a number of commentary, but the link I just sent you is surrounding the everyman. Eight seconds. No added sugar. Oh, they're all ooing and eyeing. A little sprig of mint. Did he say your favorite liqueur yet? He's not said your favorite liqueur. He's summing up all the different things that they've made. Should have been at like twelve thirty six. He says that. Really? Oh, you might have talked over it. Or twelve thirty four. I'm gonna go back. Where she's pouring in the orange juice. Yeah, you definitely talked over that. Okay. Oh, the guy like toasts. Okay, that's where that line was. I saw the little him toasting his coffee cup thing there, but but I did not hear the line. Yep. So now jump ahead to thirteen twenty five as best you can. All right. Or just before that, maybe. 1322. He's throwing some cheese in there. He's going to get this party rolling. No, he's going to get this party rolling. Yeah. Just before that, he was talking about how it's the ultimate party machine. I just the whole way that the dynamic is done. The two of them are a ridiculous couple. I would never Mm -hmm. spend time with this couple. And I say that. But I've watched this thing like 20 times, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> I I will say I I I think there's enough weirdness here in the delivery and everything and the absurdness of the scenario that's playing out here. Yeah, that I, I I think I kind of get where you're coming from. I'm gonna pop this quesadilla into the microwave and yeah, I'll I'll acquiesce. I could I could see it. I like she's at fourteen ten. She pops in the quesadilla to the microwave and. She's like, oh, look here, you're done, and hands him the queso that he just melted, and he's like, outstanding, and like, just... The over-the-top uh, Britishness of this man is really something. You're familiar, you're familiar with Reese Darby from uh, Flight of the Concords, Our Flag Means Death, uh, Yes Man, he's in that, mm, an actor. I, I've seen he's Yes He's from New man. Zealand. He's from New Zealand. That guy can flawlessly play the other dude in this. Uh. He's the guy in Yes Man who has the Harry Potter party. Ah, uh, yes, I know exactly who you're talking he could, about. He could play this role exactly. Yes, I would say that. Yes. So, all right, that I, I, but, yeah, yeah, I think weird. I'm sold. You got me. Magic Bullet infomercial. So, Magic Bullet infomercial slotting in at six. Tonight when Sponge I can't Monkeys. sleep because I had an energy drink uh, late in the day, I'm going to... Just me laying in bed watching this infomercial. There you go. All right. Well, I think that's you, it. I think I, I think we got it. So, uh, wait, wait. Oh, Zelda rap should be number 10. Mmm. Crossfire. Crossfire. But The Legend of Zelda is really rad. And I would argue Ganon's, it wasn't Ganon's really baddies. part of your childhood because it, it aired are really bad on TV before you were even born and ended before you were even born. And you yeah, may have been exposed like, it to it, wa- and it that's, that's fine, but it wasn't really it something was that... there. Yeah. Eh, it's not really take, something that was an advertisement You're going to take Sponge Monkeys away from me and the Zelda rap? How dare you? You got Real Men of Genius at one. I feel like I mean, that's yeah, a very it's, small it's unassailably bargain. It's unassailably the most industry awarded ad campaign of all time. Well, right now they made you're, you're kind of being a lint liquor right now, and I don't appreciate mm, that. Mm, mm. I don't. I don't love the idea of Zelda going Stinky down to ten. Stink face. Just gonna say it. How about this? You convince does me. Does Crossfire tell you that your parents help you hook up? Hook it up. Your parents help you hook it up. Yes. <laughs> no, it does not. Just a bold faced lie. How about <laughs> this? You you give me. A version of a white boy rap using your own name right now, and I'll let you have it. Okay. Uh, what is your name, and what are you here to say? My name is Josh, and I'm here to say uh, I like real men of genius in a major way. <laughs> uh, Scott's pick of lint liquor kind of sucks. Uh, seems like he chews on hockey pucks. <laughs> okay. That was. That was, something. that was something. It's about the quality of the, those types of raps usually are, that, right? That might have been better. That might have been better than... Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Crossfire kind of has like that hockey puck feel in the game. So, you know you what? Go. I, yeah. I'm going to give I'm, it to you. I'm I, tying it all together. You you did what I asked. I It was ridiculous. And uh, you know what? It's fine. I'm not even upset at this point. I And it's hard to argue against Real Men of Genius because, like I said, it would have been on my list for sure if I would have yeah. remembered it. That's an incredible ad campaign. Honorary number 11, Terry Tate, office linebacker. God, I'm, I can't believe I forgot him. I'm completely uh, fine with that, too. That's... Uh, it's so funny. It's really good. Anyway. We're putting cover sheets on our TPS reports.
Mitch. Yeah. Hey, what Janice. Is it? You empty the brew, you make it new. Hey, Terry. Hey, Janice. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run this down 10 to 1. Go for it. Unified top 10, the best ads from our childhood. Number 10 is Crossfire from Milton Bradley. Number 9, the Zelda rap commercial from Nintendo. Uh, number 8, the J.G. Wentworth opera commercial from J.G. Wentworth. 877 cash now. Number 7, the Sponge Monkeys from Quizno Subs. Number Eat 6, the Magic Bullet infomercial from Magic Bullet. The Ultimate Party Machine. Number 5, the FreeCreditReport.com song from FreeCreditReport.com. F-R-E-E, that spells free, creditreport.com, baby. Number four, the creepy Burger King ads from Burger King. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, number three, the McDonald's Monopoly campaign from McDonald's. Uh, number two, you uh, Lint Liquor from Orbit Gum. And number one, the Real Men of Genius slash Real American Heroes from Budweiser. And there we go. That's it. Have We've they made... Top ten. And this is... And, and I agree with it. It's it's wonderful. We did it. This was incredible. Have they made a horror genre Burger King video game? Like branded Burger King? Yes. I don't think so. They really should. I think based on what you're saying with the creepy Burger King, it makes sense. They could do like a Five Nights at Freddy's style thing. 100%. Yep. Somebody so- buy it. Somebody do it. it. I wouldn't, but somebody would. Somebody who has money and listens to this and is also a game producer should do that. B- Bobby Kotick, I know you're listening. <laughs> yes. Taking a break from your uh, legal debriefing in yep. the Microsoft Activision case. Yep. Marketing and brand manager Ben Brode, I know you're listening. Sure. Please, please do that. Or something. Yeah. That's all. all. Right. We've done it. We're incredible. We've done it again. We've done it again. Still have this Crash Bandicoot print ad up. I'm going to send this picture to you because it just Please it do. sucks. It just I'm sucks. Gonna, I'm going to wrap it up here for the uh, the people yeah, who let's... are listening, right? So, Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold Uh-oh. on. Uh-oh. Breaks on. Yep. You have to do the thing. I forgot Uh-oh. last time. Is Lint Liquor better or worse than Surf Ninjas? Now Surf Ninjas is way better. Surf There's Ninjas so, is better so than many wor- you, So many more Lint iconic lines. Liquor. Good to know. Okay, we've established that. Good to know. Gotta, gotta, we just gotta, you know, keep that baseline going. There's, there is potentially an argument to say that from a full start-to-finish perspective, though, Magic Bullet might be a contender against Surf Ninjas. It's not wow. going to beat it, but it's, Weird. Okay. it's super yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us argue. Although... I would not say there was a ton of arguing this time, but there, there, was, there was an okay amount. But hey, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And our next episode, of course, will come in another two weeks. And Josh, you want to tell the people what our next topic is going to be? Yeah, our next topic is going to be best songs over five minutes in length. I think There's there are ones. an incredible amount of classic rock songs that are going to be discussed. Maybe you've heard of the band Fish? No, absolutely not. Zero fish That's, allowed on this yeah, list. Yeah, there's not going to be Done. a single there fish song. There will not song. be any. I'm going to edit that out, uh, me even mentioning fish out of the podcast. That's how bad it is. Okay, well, five minutes should be fun. I'm excited to put together that list. But I think, uh, I think until next time, I've been Scott. 
I've been Josh. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Take care, folks. That was very loud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how that comes through in the recording. I can tell you how it that. came through my my headphones. It was <laughs> it was very, very it's loud. It's not a it's not a voice you can do quietly. They are good. I'm I'm kinda craving a sub now. <clears throat> More specifically. It's not any of the ones we've talked about. There is an Italian deli not that far from my house. Italian. But just far enough that I'd have to make a purposeful trip in that direction. Nah, okay. And they so, have... So it becomes a once in a while thing. It's, it, it's a once in I haven't been there in three years type of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. But it's not that far. It's just in an area that there's really nothing else near it, so I don't go that way. It's an inconvenient location. For sure. You should ask them to move.